0: Nazis have discovered Tannis. Just so what does that mean to you, uh, Tannis? Well, well, the city of Tannis is one of the possible resting places of the Lost Ark. The Lost Ark? Yeah, the Ark of the Covenant, the chest the Hebrews used to carry around the Ten Commandments. What, what
1: do you mean do Ten, you mean ten the Commandments? Th- You're talking about the Ten Commandments? Yes, the, the actual Ten Commandments, the original stone tablets that Moses brought down out of Mount have and smashed, if you believe in that sort of thing. Yeah. Did you guys ever go to Sunday school? Welcome, popheads, to another exciting, action-packed episode of the Tomcast Popcast. And boy, oh boy, do we have a special one planned for you today. And if that, if that opening uh, scene, if that opening bit of dialogue wasn't enough to clue you in to what we got cooking today, well, I think we need to make it a little bit more official. What do you say to that? Let's hit it. Oh yeah, there it is. That's what I'm talking about. That's what we're doing today. I have been longing to do this episode of the podcast, basically, since we started this this sucker. I have wanted to talk to you all about one of my favorite all-time movies, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And today is the day we are making it happen. Uh, Indiana Jones, an icon of cinema, an icon of my life. And that's why I'm so ecstatic to, to do this episode and to share it with you all now here on the Popcast. So much memories and, and, and adventure, excitement, the whole shebang. Indiana Jones is the is a total package as far as a cinema-going experience. Uh, is it my favorite thing over Star Wars? Probably not, but it's goddamn close. It's just so effing delightful. Let's turn down that score so that, you know, that, that cease and desist doesn't come through quite as quickly as they normally do. Let's let's but this is an episode all about that first one, the one that kicked it all off. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Harrison Ford in possibly his most iconic role. I mean, I know we all love him as as Han Solo, and and I am a, one of the many who loves him as Han Solo, but I think this might even be more iconic, more of a uh, career defining role than Han Solo. Indiana Jones is He's the bee's knees, he's the cat's meow, he's the cat's pajamas, he's all those things that the cats like, and and that's what we're going to talk about today, this is what we're here for, so I hope you're excited, I hope I have uh, whetted your whistle for this episode, not that I want you to whistle at me, it's, it's a podcast, uh, if anything I'm whistling at you and I won't hear what you have to say, but hopefully you're just not cursing at me and, and you're enjoying the fun, because this is going to be a really fun one, I can't wait to do this, Let's but let's get through the particulars first, alright? This is the TomCast Podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. My name is Tom. Make sure to follow us on the social media at Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show TomCastPodcast at gmail.com. We are on all your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Pandora, Amazon, Audible, and so many, many more. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, five star reviews are insanely good. They help us. Uh, they help us descend into the well of souls and free the Ark of the Covenant. So, my, more five star reviews if you can. Appreciate it so so very much. And of course, this show doesn't exist without the loyal support of the official members of Pophead Nation, which you can join at Patreon.com forward slash Tomcast Podcast. Thank you so much to our current Patreons: the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail, Jeff. Has a great music podcast called The Reineer. Be sure to check that out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. The Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard. The New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer. Our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Christophe Pariah Brewing Company. Right here in San Diego, California. And the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. Here he is. We're all here. We're all here. We're gathered around. And ooh, it's so, it's so exciting. We're going to talk about Indiana Jones. We're going to talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark. We're going to talk about... All of it. There's just so much. I, this is one of my favorite movies. I watch this movie all the time, whether it's on TV with the commercials or I just throw it on because I just love it. It's oh it's so great, and we are gonna revel in the glory of it. And you know, I just gave the links. You know, the, the where to hit me up at on the social medias, the email. Uh, tell me, share with me, like, like, what are your uh, experiences and memories with Doctor Jones? Let's let's all talk about it together because uh, it is. Like I said, I feel like Indiana Jones for a long time it was sort of like the iconic cinema going experience. It's just so wonderful, so exciting, so fun. Uh, the once again, John Williams uh, scores the the music of my childhood. Uh, with, with again, I'm gonna, I'm going to use the word iconic a lot in this episode, but it that score, the 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 Raiders March as it's known. Uh, again, just defining of the uh, so defining of the of the character of the movie. I mean, how do you not just hum that to yourself all day long? Especially if you start going on adventures. When next time you're, you know, you got your whip and you're you're whipping things and you're just humming that to yourself. Like that's what I do in my free time. What, what are you guys up to? <laughs> all right, let's get it. enough. Like, like I could sit here and just gush about my love for Raiders of the Lost Ark* on my own, but let's not do that. Let's have an actual conversation. We're bringing in the big guns for this one. We're bringing in Mark, my brother, because he is a uh, he's the man. Who I, uh, I watched all these things with. And, and why not have him come back for it? Why not? So let's get into it. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm, I have to sit down and buckle up and hold on to my own butt. And then buckle up again. Because that's how excited I am for this one. But I need you all to do the same thing. So once again, sit down, buckle up, hold on to your butts, and buckle up again. Let's go. Marion's the least of your worries right now. Believe me in me. What do you mean? Well, I mean that for nearly 3,000 years, man has been searching for the lost Ark. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. It's like nothing you've ever gone after before. Oh,
0: Marcus, what are you trying to do, scare me? You sound like my mother. We've known each other for a long time. I don't believe in magic, a lot of superstitious hocus-pocus. Going oh, after a find of incredible historical significance, you're talking about the boogeyman. Besides, you know what
1: a cautious fellow I am? All right, let's welcome in our special guest for the day, my brother Mark, all the way from the Los Angeles. How are you doing today, sir?
0: I'm good, sir. How are you?
1: Are you, are you ready to go on a globetrotting adventure to track down the Lost Ark, to plunge the depths of the Well of Souls and all that good stuff? Yes. <laughs> are you ready to lash yourself to the periscope of a submarine? No. No, that's gone, we're, we've gone too far. You're just going to go home with Katanga and call it a day. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, how yeah. are these going? You, you doing well? Yeah, I'm I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm I'm. I'm really excited to talk about this show. Uh, you know, we, we kind of talked a little bit uh, in the prelims before we turned the recorder on. Um, you know, I'm excited. We, we we are doing this. It is the 40th anniversary of Raiders of the Lost Ark this year. Can you freaking believe that?
0: It's hard to believe.
1: It's really hard to believe. The movie debuted June 12th, 1981. And here we are in, in 2021. And, and uh, you know, I, again, not to get too far ahead of us, <laughs> but this movie plays to this day. It is so good.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: <laughs> all right, well, well, control your your enthusiasm there, buddy. Just take it down a notch.
0: Okay, I can do that.
1: <laughs> all right, well, what are you drinking today? What's in your What's in your glass? As we As we do on the show, we have a tradition. It is to uh, have a beverage while we're recording the show. And what do you got today?
0: Uh, I'm drinking Ecliptic Brewing's Meridian Vanilla Stout. Ooh, very nice. It's interesting.
1: Okay, all right.
0: It's It's not. There doesn't – I'm not getting much vanilla off of it. It tastes more like just like an oatmeal or a coffee stout.
1: Okay, okay. Well, I'm having uh, – from our good friends at Pizza Port Brewing Company, you know, I don't – they didn't – I I don't have access to an Indiana Jones beer. But what I do have access to is Pizza Port's latest can release, Han Shot First Double IPA. So I feel like I'm in the right wheelhouse. Harrison Ford Tribute Beer right here. Harrison
0: Ford shooting guns. Yeah,
1: he's got his little blaster, and he's shooting Greedo. They're in the shadows. It's not blatantly copyright infringement or anything like that, or trademark infringement, whatever infringements, right? And it's super cool. And it's this, this is a rad double IPA, eight point three percent. And again, from our good friends at Pizza Port, Han shot first double IPA. It's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm gonna set that down now. All right, Mark, I'm gonna I'm gonna open it up to you right now. Um, what? To you, what like like what is your impression of Raiders of the Lost Ark? Like, what is its uh, cultural impact on you? Cultural impact? <laughs> How has it impacted you in your life? Let's put it that way. I mean, like, what does it mean to you?
0: I mean, look, I just think it's it's a fun action adventure movie that takes place during the real world history of of World War Two, um, and I think it might have been my first introduction. To the idea that um, Hitler was interested in the occult. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes it a very interesting time period mm-hmm. in which to set your film. And I like how it, how it plays off of those ideas and, and expands on that. Um, and, you know, I, I, think, I think the great thing about it is that Indiana Jones is, he's just a man. You know, he doesn't have any superpowers. He's got plenty of limitations, um, and he has to he has to outsmart and, and outwork his his enemies.
1: He's quite relentless, which I which I really enjoy. You know, right? Yeah, th- this movie. I mean, you know, we grew up together, and we watched these movies quite a quite a bit together. I would say, right? Once, once we got got our hands on the VHSs, we we would play these a lot. You know, particularly the first two mm-hmm. and then eventually Last Crusade once that came out in 89. Uh, right. Well, I feel like Indiana Jones was on quite a bit in our house growing up. Uh, and it, it's become one of those movies to me where, you know, again, maybe it's because I am also in my 40s, much like this movie now is. But I I can't get enough of this. I just watch it whenever it's on. I am totally absorbed with it every time. I just go for the for the adventure, for the ride. It's, it's still just... The, the perfect balance of action, adventure, fun, intrigue, mystery, supernatural elements into it. I mean, it's it's kind of got a little bit of everything in it, and it's just this wonderful, beautiful harmony of stuff. Right. And and we should we should say we should give credit to where credits due. I mean, Harrison Ford obviously is the guy who brings this role to, uh, r- brings this role to life. And mm-hmm. and I guess I'm wondering if if you would say that that this role is even more iconic. I mean, this is the iconic role for him, right? Like like Han Solo is a big deal, but like this this is Harrison Ford, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, I go, I think it was, it was a few years ago. Now I remember there being talk about rebooting Indiana Jones and, and, and recasting it with, with Chris Pratt. Yeah. That was a big,
1: for a while.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I remember thinking at the time, like, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're going to choose anybody to do it, that that's, that's not a bad choice, but, it's still just, you know, Indiana Jones. He's not like a James Bond where you can just uh, get a new actor to play him every every few years. It's so much of the character's personality and charm is caught up in Harrison Ford.
1: Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, and, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about Harrison and what he kind of brings to it, as as well as the rest of the cast. But we should get the rest of the of the particulars kind of out of the way. So Raiders of the Lost Ark. Debuted June twelfth, nineteen eighty one. Directed by Steven Spielberg, who was a was a fairly big deal at that point, right? Yeah, I mean this was you know it was post Jaws. Yeah, post Jaws. You know he was a known name. We got a story by George Lucas and Philip Kaufman, two excellent screenwriters. Obviously, Lucas coming off of Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, and right. and, a, and a screenplay by Lawrence Kasdan, who was a uh, no slouch himself either. Right. And our, our basic, our, our plot description here is, In 1936, archaeologist and adventurer Indiana Jones is hired by the U.S. government to find the Ark of the Covenant before Adolf Hitler's Nazis can attain its awesome powers. And our, I, 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 love, I love this cast so much. We got Harrison Ford as Indy, Karen Allen as Marion, Paul Freeman as Baloche or Belloc depending on how you want to say it. Right. <laughs> uh, your boy Ron Lacey is, is, is Major Tote who you love. I know you do. You like him a Is that the Nazi.
0: stereotypical German general guy? Super Nazi, yeah. Okay, yeah. I it, it's funny. I I've, I've the, seen the SS guy. What's
1: that? The SS guy, yeah, you know.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh no. Oh, the guy in the, the leather trench coat. Yes. Oh no, I was thinking of the guy we don't see him until they get to the desert. Yes.
1: Okay. I know I know what you got, you're talking about.
0: Yeah, uh, but it's funny. I mean, even the guy in in, in the trench coat, it's like I just I've seen this movie I don't know how many times and I still cannot remember their names.
1: (laughs) We got John Reese davies as Sala, Denholm Elliott as Brody, and a very young Dr. Octopus, a.k.a. Alfred Molina as Satapo in the very beginning of this movie. Yeah.
0: You can't, it's funny, it's like you can't not mention him in it anymore. It's such a small role, but...
1: No, but I mean, like, what, we spent, like, what, probably 20 years watching this movie before, like, is that Alfred Molina? <laughs> you
0: know. Yeah, I think you were the one who first pointed it out to me after you know twenty plus years had gone by and uh, Spider-Man Two came out.
1: Right. Well, and I'm trying. am trying to think. Like, like you know, obviously Alfred Molina has a has a wonderful film career. Uh, you know, behind him and, and, and ahead of him, hopefully as well. But I, I don't remember when I started noticing Alfred Molina as Alfred Molina, and then like because there was definitely a, a point where I knew who Alfred Molina was as an actor. Right. but i never connected him to this guy in the beginning of indiana jones who tries to steal the idol <laughs> like i never got there for a while and i said like, wait that's the same that's the same fucking guy i don't i don't think a lot of people did <laughs> it's just so wild to see him so young at the same time it's just it's it's fun to watch that and and you know be like that guy's gonna be a real big actor soon <laughs> <You know>? yeah <laughs> and that's and that's a pretty darn cool thing yeah so, yeah, I, I, I love this cast. I love this movie. Everything about it is so much fun to me. John Rhys-Davies as Sala is, is so, to me, perfectly cast, even though apparently, according to Steven Spielberg, he wanted Danny DeVito to be that part.
0: Thank goodness that did not happen.
1: Right? How wild would that have
0: been? <laughs> I, think, I think that would have been terrible.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that would have worked, honestly. Uh, but, but That must be
0: how DeVito ended up in Romancing the Stone
1: uh it was it was due to his, his his contract he was on taxi at the time, and he couldn't get out of out of that to or, or okay. they, they they wouldn't let him out to do that to do the movie. He was you know under that contract um you know uh, actor, actors' contracts are much more flexible nowadays than they used to be right which is which is ultimately how we got Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones to begin with anyways because because exactly. uh, thomas Selleck was was, was going to be Indiana Jones, uh, but he was doing magnum
0: right.
1: He's doing a little tiny show called Magnum.
0: Was there, um, I because I was thinking about this the other day, and I don't, was there ever any test footage of Selleck?
1: Ooh, that's a really good question. I, I, I kind of want to think there is, right? Like, I mean, he must have come in for the part at some point. I mean, they offered it to him.
0: Right. And then yeah, it was like, like CBS I, I feel was like, feel like no, no, there no. is, but I haven't seen it.
1: I want to say there might be I, I, it may be on oh god I, I wish you would ask me this before we started recording because now I want to go look at the special features on some of my, my uh, DVDs and see if there's anything on there because I, I, I feel like that does exist though and I mean if you want to if you want I mean if you want to see Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones there is an episode of Magnum that is basically uh, he can't be Indiana Jones in the movies but we're going to let him be Indiana Jones in this one episode of Magnum <laughs> where he gets to go on, a, on an adventure in Hawaii with a, with a hat and a leather jacket
0: Feel like I've seen that episode,
1: and maybe that's even what I'm thinking of. Possibly. Yeah. Let me see. I'm googling it right now. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's my podcast. <laughs> Do what I want. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Apparently, there is test footage. Okay. All right. Here, I'm I'm queuing it up on on the YouTube it right tested now. Tested a lot of Indiana Joneses.
0: Oh, from this Tim is from Atheist. this
1: is from like the documentary uh, that you can watch on um, on. I think DVD. it's on on one of the special features on the DVD, and yeah, it it shows it shows Cellek doing it, yeah, doing like a screen test. Okay, that's cool. Very very interesting stuff, but obviously they didn't even have the look of I think that's Karen Allen that he's reading against as well. I'm 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 not I don't want to play the whole scene for everybody to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, wait! Actually, apparently it's Sean Young in this in this test footage.
0: Oh wow! Okay, I didn't hadn't heard about that
1: yeah but I mean they hadn't even really solidified his look because it's just like kind of a, a very basic fedora and a very basic brown leather jacket. They didn't really do like that 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 a, kind of that kind of like, aging on the costume that that kind of like sort of lended to the authenticity of of him being this globe trotting adventurer who's had many many adventures and this is just one of them right, which again I think is part of the charm of the movie is like you just kind of like it it's it is kind of like bond in a way where you just kind of like jump into the middle of one of his adventures um and I think that's such a cool way to handle things. I mean obviously the movie's inspired by the those old Alan Quartermain serials and a little bit of the Tarzan stuff from from when Spielberg and Lucas were kids um mm-hmm. but it but it did kind of hit on on the that that bond let's jump into an adventure and then we'll get to the then we'll get to our our movie after our hero escapes from whatever danger he's in right now
0: yeah well, i mean that was that was the thing right like um prior to this, I think. Spielberg was being considered to direct whatever the next Bond movie was at the time. And uh, Lucas came to him and, and said he had a different idea, but was, was kind of similar, or something along those lines.
1: Actually, I, I, if, if I may, and I could be wrong, so, so, so bear with me, but I always thought the rumor was Spielberg lobbied to be the next Bond director, but because he's not British, they were never going to let him do it. Oh, I see. Okay,
0: yeah. I mean, that could be right. That's it's, yeah. it's an old story I heard a long time ago. So
1: that, that that's that's the way I remember. It, but uh, but I, I'm willing to uh, acquiesce if 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 I if I am wrong. But yeah, the, the Bond has to my to my recollection, Bond has this this like that's kind of like the the tradition is that it's always directed by a citizen of the United Kingdom. Is that is that true to this day? I believe so. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> By all means. <laughs> and you know, I mean I I like I said I could be wrong. I don't I do not want to uh I'm not going to uh dig my heels in on that one. B- but at least in recent history that is how Bond movies have been uh decided directorially. Okay. You know, maybe maybe not at the very beginning, but I I I kind of think that's been the way it is. We'll have to get some Bond experts on to <laughs> come and comment on that. I do not. As much as I enjoy James Bond, I do not consider myself an expert. Right. <laughs> of, since we are speaking of Spielberg, though, uh, and and you being um, uh, the guy with the cinematic eye, uh, what do you think of, of of the way he shoots this movie? It could be uh, there. There's so much that he does in this movie. I think I, that that's just translates so well to the screen again, so many iconic moments, iconic shots but but, but what what's your take as an artur of the cinema?
0: I mean, I think it's great I, I think it's very good and i've you know i i think there's a reason why the movie endures to this day and it it's still a fun, enjoyable action adventure movie um, there were a few things watching it like i i think the the gunfight in uh marion's bar yeah uh could have been covered a, a little bit better um but you know <laughs> that that's me you know but but then you get to kind of the uh
1: Indy, indy we have no time if you still want the ark it has been loaded onto a truck for cairo truck
0: what truck the end of the second act of the film, and you get that big chase scene in the desert where Indy's trying to get the ark back from the Nazis, um, and that's a that's a fantastic chase slash action scene. So you know,
1: oh for sure, I, the the truck scene's incredible. I, I to this day, you know, it, it's it's so fun to watch, and and yeah, I I can't get I, again I can't get enough of this movie to begin with, and it's forty years old. Um, it but it's it's. So much fun to watch this fucking movie. Let, let let me go back to to the beginning of the movie because I do want to talk about the opening and and the way it kind of you know we get the Paramount logo and it kind of fades into that mountain, which I, I don't mm-hmm. know why I always I always thought that was so cool. I still do. Oh, it's,
0: it's great. It's <laughs> great. I, I think I think it's great when when studios let um, the artists kind of play around with the logo and and do things like that. It's always fun. Mm-hmm.
1: And and so we we're, we are transported to, quote-unquote, South America, which is really Hawaii, but for this purposes, it's South America. Um, yeah. I love the way that we're, we're going through the jungle. We don't really know what we're doing. We're just following this group of characters, we, and we don't see Indy from the front yet. It's like 10 minutes until we see Indy turn around, and it's when uh, when, the, when the guy's trying to steal the map from him that, you know, when he turns around and cracks the whip, and
0: right. that's when
1: we finally see Harrison Ford. Uh, something about that kind of like slow reveal of of him as the hero, as as like our our protagonist. I, I again, I just it's just another touch I think is so well done and so well executed. Like you spend ten minutes, like what's going on here?
0: Yeah, um, you know it builds a little bit of tension and um, and creates mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, then you get a great introduction to the character,
1: especially when you know, especially when you get the whip and you're like, what the hell? This guy's got a whip. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty badass. <laughs> Let's go into the temple, all right? Alfred Molina as as Sepeto, and 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 uh, and and Harrison Ford is is Indy, obviously. Right. <laughs> I wanted. To... <laughs> I can't help but laugh about it, thinking about it now. But <laughs> you got this scene, and, and and you know, like Indy's got like you know four five tarantulas, tarantulas on his back <laughs> and he brushes them off very casually and then Alpha Melina turns around <laughs> and he has so many spiders on him. Right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Terrifying. I don't like spiders. So that scene, to this day, gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, it gives you the creeps. <laughs> what do you think of the booby traps in the, in the temple? Oh, I love them.
0: It's, um, you know... It... It's just part of the fun of of Indiana Jones. It's it's, it's kind of that's what it's all about.
1: I mean, at, at this point,
0: you're like, I want to be an archaeologist. This sounds like fun. <laughs> well, yeah, that was something I I, I was going to say. Is like, this is the movie every kid watches, and and you know they want to be an archaeologist, and then they go to school and they realize archaeology is you know just sitting in an office reading books and they're like
1: mm, not so much not so much yeah by an indie found all the all the cool treasure about that you know by the time we were kids so yeah. there's nothing left all, to find
0: all the good stuff's been found
1: well and i mean whether you consider this archaeology or not you know i see those trailers for that uh, you know curse of oak island shit on the history channel and apparently all you do is just get like a bulldozer and like some cranes and you just dig and try to find shit so I don't, I, I don't know if you can comment on that. Maybe. I mean, yeah, if you have
0: a house, you can just go out to your backyard and start digging and call yourself an archaeologist.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Like, like I said, I see the commercials for that, that Oak Island show, and I'm like, they're not really preserving the dig site very well, are they? They're just ripping the ground open. They don't really give a shit. They're trying to find treasure. They're mostly treasure hunters. They're probably not really archaeologists. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's a big, big difference there. Um. It's also at this point, now, again, as, we, as we're chasing through the jungle, we're getting a, a, a hint of, of what is to come from the the masterful John Williams score. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's, to me, it, it's sort of really kind of, I don't want to say culminates, but you, you, you really get to kind of feel what the music's going to be in that sequence where Indy is kind of weighing the sand and judging the, te- the, the weight of the, of the idol. As he's gonna, yeah. is, is he's gonna make the switch on there, and it's just kind of like coming to this this wonderful crescendo, crescendo, mm-hmm. I should say. And yeah. Talk to me about about John Williams' score. I mean, like this man scored basically our youth, our childhood. Yeah. But how impactful is this soundtrack to you? I mean, it's fantastic. It
0: it, you know, you get all the action adventure elements that you would want out of sort of the the indie march, you know. But then the rest of it. It does such a good job of building tension, but also creating uh, that sort of mystery the mystery around these artifacts that, that Indy is hunting and, and touching on the, the supernatural mm-hmm. aspects of, of, of the story. Like, what probably my favorite piece of music from the movie is the music that they play whenever they're talking about the arc. Or or whenever you see the arc, it, it's such like a it's such a haunting piece of music. It it's really perfect. The whole score is perfect. But
1: yeah, it it really is, and I, I think it's one of the reasons why I, I constantly, like I said, if, if I'm flipping channels and I come across like Paramount Network and and Raiders is on or any of the indie films really is on, uh, I instantly get sucked in, and the music is such a key component of of transporting me into the movie and 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 just convincing me that all this is like super legit. It all happened. This is a documentary, and I'm living it right now. I, I, the the score is it, <laughs> it is pitch perfect. Like you said, it, it it touches on all those all the different elements of the movie, whether it's the romance with the Indian and Marian themes, right. or it's again like you, you get a little, the the kind of haunting supernatural tones when they talk about the arc. and then obviously the Raiders' march is just iconic. And you, how do you not hum that to yourself when you're just walking down the street? I don't know. Or is it just me? Is it just me that does that? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's not just you. I guess I do that every now and then. <laughs> I mean, whenever whenever I walk the dogs, I th- I sing that to myself because it's like we're going on an adventure. Let's go, do 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 and the dogs go crazy. So they're like your Marion and Sala. <laughs> well, I don't want to diminish Marion and Sala, but you know, to to an extent. Well, I mean, one is a one is a boy dog and one is a girl dog, so. The, the genders are appropriate. There you go. <laughs> okay. The, uh, before we before we transition out of the jungle, uh, I I got to ask you about the boulder. I mean, come on, <laughs> the boulder's so cool. Still.
0: Oh yeah, and I mean, just you know, it's one of those things that, like the movie itself. That that image, it's it's just endured for for a reason. You know, it's it's just classic.
1: Yeah, I mean, so many so many sequences in this movie are just like seared in, into my brain. Uh, you know the obviously the boulder chase you know indie running from the boulder uh, the when he arrives at at the uh, at uh, Marion's bar in tibet in, in, uh, in Nepal and, mm-hmm. and and you know and they use the silhouette against the wall as they as they open their conversation and then you have the shadow yeah yeah the the use of shadow in this movie I think Spielberg is on fire with it and, and the way he silhouettes them when they're doing the dig I mean it's so good yeah yeah that stuff is just top notch in my opinion. Spielberg just, just hung hung up his hat after this, be like I'm done, fuck it. No, he shouldn't have done that. But again, it's just yeah. great. It's it's so good. I you know watch again. Uh, this is again. I watched this. I this might be the only movie I've seen maybe as many times as Star Wars, possibly more at this point because I just again I just throw it on whenever. It's beautifully yeah, shot.
0: Yeah. No. Um. I, I think. I think Douglas Slocomb as the uh, the director of photography uh, definitely deserves a uh, a shout out because the the movie looks great.
1: Yeah, it really it really really does. Um, yeah, I love the boulder sequence. I, I love the introduction of of Belloc when when he takes the idol because he has the Javitos. He knows how to speak Javitos. Right. I I love that whole sequence so much. Uh, we we you know we, we mentioned Paul Freeman as as Belloc. He's so good as Belloc like he's he's the bad guy obviously and he's working with the nazis that's not cool but he's kind of got like, this interesting bad guy charm about him that i really enjoy watching this flick
0: yeah no he's he's great in the role and it's interesting because you know i don't know if i've seen him in anything else but but he's so good in this and he is he, he's quite charming and he's likable um even even though he's he's working with the nazis you know he's a uh he's he's just a mercenary and you know that that's something about that's something else about this movie that i think is really interesting you know lucas and spielberg kind of created this whole this this world of competition amongst archaeologists that they're <laughs> they're kind of stabbing each other in it's the very, back it's
1: very cutthroat yeah <laughs> it's pretty pretty interesting uh, and you have definitely seen Paul Freeman in something, because he was in Hot Fuzz, as uh, Reverend Philip Shooter. So go it's back and watch so Hot Fuzz. It's been so long since
0: I've seen Hot Fuzz. I don't remember that character, but okay.
1: Yeah, Hot Fuzz, so good. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, no, it's a great movie.
1: We'll have to do a uh, the you know, the movies of Edgar Wright at some point on the on the podcast, and we can do Hot Fuzz. <laughs> the Bonetto have... trilogy. Oh my God! Well, we did do Shaun of the Dead last year with with Ryan from uh, from Come On It's Still so Oh, Good. that's right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean Hot Fuzz is is the next in the in the, in the trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, but I I, I don't like I said like, I like Belloc so much as the bad guy. I mean, granted, I want him to die at the end when he dies <laughs> because of his his hubris towards the uh, towards the the whole situation towards the arc towards everything. Uh, you know, assuming it's this power, this, this 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 radio for talking to God, as he says to Indy at one point in the movie. Uh, right. You know, so obviously, obviously that that sort of thing not going to play well with the religious folk. Uh, so well, he he has yeah, what's I mean, coming.
0: Just that, and the fact that yeah, he's perfectly fine with the Nazis having this.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, and I mean, again, <laughs> again, he's a he's a French archaeologist. They have they have they. I don't think in, I don't I can't remember if in 1936 they were occupying France or not. Or if that was on I the cusp. I don't think
0: so. Poland was in thirty
1: six, if I am not mistaken. Okay, yeah, that was, that was another thing I meant to Google before I started this podcast, that I forgot. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I don't think they had invaded France just yet, but it was on the cusp.
0: Well, no, I was just looking it up. I, I oh, think it was nineteen. Okay. I think it was nineteen thirty nine. Thirty
1: nine. Okay. Well, there you that, go.
0: That they invaded France.
1: Perfect. Perfect. All right. So that that does make a little bit of sense because you you would imagine maybe Belloc wouldn't be as cooperative. Uh, with the Nazis uh, after they had invaded France, probably took away his family winery and all that good stuff. Right. Well, like I said, like you said, or actually like you said, I like this whole archeologist versus archeologist uh, thing they have going on this movie. I think it's a really fun aspect. It makes, it makes this profession seem really exciting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, just that. And the fact that,
0: you know, your main character is carrying around a whip and a gun, Mm -hmm. you know, and he just, he kind of, he just kills people with impunity. So.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, most of them are bad. They're trying to kill him.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. But you
1: know, even when people are bad, there's usually some kind of consequence for it. Well, not in 1936, man. Nope, <laughs> nope. The, the world, the world is your oyster. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there is there, there, yeah, there is a very well. I mean. Let's, let's say, like, Cairo's pretty heavily Nazi-occupied at that point, so, you know, there may not have been a lot of local law enforcement going on in Cairo for those sequences. Right. Uh, I couldn't say what was going on uh, when they're in Nepal. Though I mean, Nepal's remote enough. It probably would have taken a while for some kind of constable to get out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it just looked like a small little... I don't even want to say it was a town. It literally just looked like a tavern on a mountain. Yeah, it's. it's
1: yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. It's was just like a little outpost on the side of a mountain in like Kathmandu or wherever, you know.
0: Yeah, if that's if that's Marion's only source of income and her plan to get back to the United States, she's she's going to be there for a while.
1: <laughs> uh, one of the and you know again, I'm not really planning on on doing like a chronological walkthrough of the movie. Sure. But, 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 you know, kind of before I wrap up what I have to say about the, the opening sequence, the jungle sequence, um, when, you know, when Belloc holds up the idol and, and the Havitos are, are, are kneeling at it and Indy makes his escape in the, 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 dash to through the, through the, through the jungle to get out to, uh, to the, to the, to the, to the ship, to the plane, the river, you know, the mm-hmm. water plane, um, again, another iconic sequence. Uh, but, that's where you set up. I, again, I think very masterfully the snake situation. Indy's oh, yeah! Situation with snakes when uh, when the pilot of the, of the plane, his pet snake Reggie, is in in the front with Indy, and Indy we find out Indy hates snakes. Right. Again, something I, I wonder to me just wonderful foreshadowing of things to come. And they establish this early on. It's not something that's thrown in later on and we're like, oh by the way, I don't like snakes.
0: Right. No, they 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 set it up and, and they pay it off and and that's that's something else uh, about the movie is that I mean it's it's a very tight screenplay. There's mm-hmm. very little fat on it and and it it really it really just moves from it, one beat to the next.
1: It does. It it was funny when I when I queued up the, the movie to watch it um, and you know and you, you see the runtimes like I think it's like an hour fifty five. And you're like, yeah. man, this movie goes fast. <laughs> like, that is a really quick two hours. It goes
0: fast, and you know, I think the thing is, is just like with the with the state of movies today, it just like two hours just does not seem like a lot of time.
1: It it doesn't. But I mean we're we're you know, things aren't slow in this movie for very long. It's a lot of great action stuff. But I, I think the thing that I, I distinguished from this movie uh compared to like a lot of today's action adventure flicks. Um, you know, we we sort of talked about it a little bit with, with sort of like how like, I don't want to say down to earth or, or, you know, like practical, you know, the action sequences are, but it's definitely by comparison to the stuff these days, like there's not like that, that kind of like spectacle. Right. You know, it's not like who can do the bigger, better explosion car flying through outer space kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Like it's just Again, for lack of a better word, it's just kind of grounded and real the way the action plays out.
0: Well, honestly, like um, you know, I was watching it, and when I was a kid, I remember this movie felt so big and so epic to me. But yeah, by today's standards, I was watching this, and I just thought, well, this is quaint.
1: (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah,
0: and I don't like I don't mean that in a bad way. I I just think that that's that's just the progression of 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 cinema, you know? Because I like I couldn't help but wonder like if some like if if a kid who grew up on like Marvel movies and stuff who's maybe 10 or 12 years old uh 10, 10 or 12 years old watches this, like are they going to feel about Raiders of the Lost Ark? the way I did when I was that age and I watched like the 10 commandments or something like that, where it's just like, Oh, how boring is this? <laughs> you know, I, I, it was just a thought, you know, I certainly hope not. I think this is much more entertaining than the 10 commandments, you know, but, but yeah, I, I do wonder about that.
1: Oh yeah. I, I think, I think at our, our ages, it, it, it's always um, an interesting exercise to kind of theorize, what younger audiences would feel about the things that we hold so near and dear to our hearts, as far as like the like a great cinema going experience, yeah. right? Uh, luckily, I feel like we're we're not we're not too old that we can't enjoy both. You know, like the the new Marvel stuff or like some crazy Fast and the Furious stuff or whatever, uh, and still appreciate right. you know indie and Star Wars and and you know Jaws and the, and those kind of things.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. You know, and or I'm like not... the,
1: even even like the old Bond movies. You know what I mean? Yeah which again if you want to describe a movie that feels quaint like when's the last time you watched goldfinger my god <laughs> doctor no right yeah exactly i mean like those are great movies and i love watching them but you know by by today's standards i mean just comparing it within the bond franchise you're like wow right? <laughs> like the stakes seem so much smaller in these older ones yeah but, no we've definitely thing, come
0: a long way
1: but that's kind of the thing about raiders like i feel like the stakes still hold is like, like this is a big thing like i mean to me, the Nazis are still bad guys forever and ever and ever. You know, I know some people maybe don't hold to that anymore because, you know, Nazis are still around now. Like, who would have thought? But I'm not even gonna. That. Yeah, we, we 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 should not comment on the current political climate of this country. But I, again, I I feel like the stakes hold. It's like, yeah, the Nazis should not have the lost Ark of the Covenant. That sounds like a really bad idea. Wait,
0: yeah, hundred <laughs> percent.
1: We can't let Hitler get all these cool, like, uh, occult items. We want them in our museums, damn it.
0: Yeah, no, and, you know, I, I, as, as far as quaint goes, you know, like, I'm not even talking about the stakes. I mean, very clearly in this, in Raiders, you know, the the fate of the world is, is what's at stake. You know, the same thing can be said of, you know, Dr. No or Goldfinger or whatever. It, it's it, The the sort of quaintness of it just comes in sort of, you know, the way it's shot. The level of, of action and those, those
1: yeah. things. Yeah. Okay, no, no, no I got gotcha. you. I, I, I might have started going off on another tangent. Apologies.
0: Yeah, it's all good.
1: <laughs> I wanna talk about, I wanna to talk to you about the, the the university sequence. Okay. You know, we, we come back from Indies Adventures in South America and we, we find out he's a professor at a university, apparently highly respected, uh is is a bit of a um he's the teacher that all the the female students want apparently. They're all, all in the him. ladies love. Yeah, he's got a, a very uh, female dominated class. Because, uh, you know, it's Harrison Ford. Why not, right? Yeah. I want, again, this is pure speculation, but do you think Indiana Jones is a good teacher?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: he's teaching the
0: class. He gets a little bit distracted. But he, he powers through his lesson, and the bell rings, and he's still, he's still giving instructions. And he clarifies to them when he'll be in his office for further clarification on assignments and that sort of thing. Yes, I think Indiana Jones is probably a great teacher.
1: Except he goes on globe-trotting adventures and then you get a fill-in professor for the next like 3 weeks of your semester.
0: <laughs> well, I mean fair enough, but you're getting
1: <laughs> a teacher with real-world
0: experience and one that will that will prepare you for the cutthroat world of archaeology.
1: Yeah, but if 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 Indy's the cool professor and then he has to have like the strict, you know, Uh, uh, you know, iron-fisted kind of professor be be the fill-in, the substitute, the guy covering his classes. Man, Mm -hmm. you don't you you don't want to sign up for that class. (laughs) Like, what? What's going on there? Or or you know, is the archaeology department so small that Indy's the only professor, and then your classes are just canceled for two weeks, and then the semester's ruined? I feel like he he probably has Marcus step in. Yeah. Well, I mean, Marcus is running the museum. I don't. Is, I guess he's part of the university, too. So, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I feel like he's part of the university. That makes sense. That makes sense. That, that was one of the parts of the – listen, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole uh, and talk about the Crystal Skull movie, but that was one of the aspects that I liked. Is that what movie just, is that? The Crystal Skull?
0: I've never heard of this.
1: Okay, fair enough. But of this <laughs> alleged movie that it does exist – I did like that he sort of, like, leaned into the professor thing and he kind of was becoming more like his dad, you know? I did like that kind of development for the character. Sure. (laughs) Okay, fine. What I wanted to really talk about, though, uh, in this sequence at the university, uh, when he goes to meet with military intelligence. Yes. You know, there are a lot of movies out there, you know, hundreds of thousands of movies at this point in in, in our lives that handle exposition so clumsily. Mm Mm-hmm. This, to me, might be one of the best scenes of exposition ever. Like the way I agree. it fills in the audience and those characters who have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I love I, it. I love this sequence. It cracks me up. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. It's also when we um, I, I think it gets a big help from John Williams because it's when we get introduced to that. I, I don't know what the music is actually called, but it's kind of like the theme for for the Lost Ark. Right, right, right. It, It's when we get introduced to that, and and so it adds that that mystery and and that tension and kind of sense of foreboding of what it is that Indy is going to be chasing after. hmm
1: Yeah, I I love the sequence. We're uh, we're actually going to open this episode uh, with with a cut from that sequence where he's talking about what the Lost Ark is, and, and he ends it with, like, any of you guys ever go to Sunday school? Because that fucking cracks right. me up. It's so funny to me.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, and one thing I, 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 I did notice during it was, you know, Indy had kind of a lot of a lot of details that, you know, you wouldn't learn in Sunday school as far as the, um, the staff. And what's the medallion called? I think it's just
1: the med- medallion, right? Or, like, the... I thought I thought he called it the eye of something. Oh, the like, eye of Ra was it? Was it the eye of Ra? I don't. Either way, because you need the you need the sun to make it work. So Ra makes sense, right?
0: Yeah. So I don't have that notes. Um, so I didn't
1: write that part down. I apologize.
0: No, that's okay. So and, and I was wondering though, like, are we supposed to think that he got that information from Abner Marion's father? Like, is that why he he knows that?
1: I think so, yeah, because obviously they they were looking for. I I believe military intelligence was initially looking for Abner Ravenwood. Um, Yes. Obviously, he is uh, unfindable at this point. We don't. We don't. That's that's kind of like the one question I wondered about this movie is like what exactly happens to Abner Ravenwood? Is he killed by the Nazis or is there some other thing that happens leading up to the events of the film? I I did become a little curious about that that thread. Which they don't talk about very much, but I, I was interested in it.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's just the line Marion has that that he died. Right. right. Um, yeah, but but yeah, we don't get any information beyond that. I always, I always assumed that it was the Nazis who who killed him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's mentioned in that communiqué that that the military intelligence people are reading to Indian Brody. Uh, right. So, so that was always kind of my my assumption too. But I've always kind of wondered, does like. You know whether it was like a novel or a comic book or whatever, I've always felt like there was like a little tiny, I don't want to say prequel, but you know like a little adventures of Abner Ravenwood before he dies that helped set up <laughs> the events of these of this movie. Because obviously the Nazis have been going full bore after the after the arc, even while Indy's off doing stuff in South America. You know like this is you know Indy's kind of jumping into another thing that's already kind of going on. So it, yeah, it would, it would it would have been a little interesting to explore that, and if Marion knows more than kind of what she's shared in the, in the movie right. of like you know the, the Nazi interest or, or you know, things of that nature I don't know it's just something I was curious about uh, but yeah it seems like they, they come to Indy because they can't find Ravenwood but they know that through whatever information they have access to that, that Indy was sort of like his protege and so yeah. he's the next guy on the on the ladder to talk to you about this communique that mentions Tannis and the Well of Souls and all this stuff mm-hmm. I don't think it mentions the Well of Souls I think it just mentions Tannis but yeah but yeah, yeah, I, I think it, yeah, it just said Tannis. Yeah, I just I, I wanted to mention the sequence because like the, the, like I said, there's so many movies that handle exposition so clumsily, and to me, this is one of like the best ways to you fill in your audience while you're teaching these characters who don't who don't know what's going on. I, it it it's again, it's sort of like a master in 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 screenwriting from Kazden and Kaufman and Lucas,
0: which yeah, is, is and not I,
1: surprising because those three is like a murderer's row of screenwriters.
0: Right. And, you know, I think it also, you know, like I was saying just about the, the script in general, that you, there's not much, there's not much fat, they they just kind of get to the point of it. it, it doesn't waste any time. So, you know, even though it's a scene of exposition, you're, you're in it for maybe three to five minutes, and, and then you're out.
1: Yeah, and it, it's rather it, it's delivered rather entertainingly so, and and uh, yeah. it gets you caught up, and you know what's going on, and you're like, okay, here's the stakes, here's what's up, we're going to get some Nazis, we got to get this Ark thing, and and it was so funny because I remember I, mean, I remember when I was a kid, I had no idea what a fucking Ark was. I was like, what's an Ark? <laughs> I thought it was like a boat, and then it was like this. It was not a boat. <laughs> it was you right. know, like a chest basically, <laughs> but a really cool yes. a really cool one with a with fancy sand in it. Fancy sand. Fancy sand that shoots laser beams out of it. Yep. <laughs> Thank you for supporting me on my, my fancy sand and laser beams argument. I appreciate that very much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's how it's described in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong, sir. You're not Well, uh, I guess it depends on what edition of the Bible you have. Yep. <laughs> All right. That's when we get Indie. Yeah, he gets the approval. He's getting funded. the The museum's gonna get the arc, You know, all these promises are made. Money, and and the museum, and fortune and glory. All these things, right? Okay, yeah. fortune and glory is in the next movie, but whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So we get Indy again. We're trotting the globe. We're going. We're going to Nepal, and that's where we get the bar sequence. And we've we've kind of already talked about that scene. Yeah. Uh, where kind of all the forces kind of come together. You, you got Indy on one side. You know, Marion. In the middle there with the with the medallion with the with, with, with what they desire to help them achieve their goals and then obviously the Nazis show up uh, major tote tot shows up yeah and, and is menacing from the get-go uh, yeah. let's let's talk real quick though because this seems like the appropriate time to talk about Marion's character and 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 how she is not she's very much you know I guess to evoke another Lucas character. I mean, she's she's very Princess Leia-ish in, in the sense that she's very capable and is not like the damsel in distress, is not like the screaming Mimi character, you know? Like, she is uh, very hands-on and, and is not going to have terms dictated to her, and I love that about her.
0: No, she's a great character, and I just want to point out, like, great introduction to her character with the, the, uh, drinking uh, the game. very iconic drinking game. 100%. Yeah, uh, I still love that scene. I love the look on the guy's face when he passes out. <laughs> He's so happy to be passing out.
1: He just, like, slides off the bar stool. <laughs> it's so good.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's classic. Did it remind um, you of any
1: moments in your life?
0: No, <laughs> because I would have walked away from that table long before. <laughs> they
1: had a lot of alcohol.
0: They oh, had too. a lot of whatever it was they were drinking.
1: Oh, and Marion, like, not only like is she, like, she's, like, playing that dude. She's like yeah she's dude. totally fine yeah she's like I got this this guy's a sucker yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: no I, I love it you're right 100 like percent a great introduction to that character and the way she spouts off with indie the way she rebuffs him you know you think like they're like oh they're just gonna go like all happily together blah 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 but they have this history and again you know we're jumping into the middle of an indie adventure um mm-hmm. so you have like these things that we don't understand fully because we weren't there for him but like marion and indiana jones have a history it seems borderline inappropriate i don't know how i felt about that necessarily um and you know as as i've gotten older i don't know how i feel about that (laughs) in context but i'm like well whatever it's you know the 30s it was a different time i wasn't there for it
0: well you know i mean it's also you know there is the line that that indy says you know he's like you knew what you were doing Right, so, but she
1: says she was also a girl, and I was like, "Ooh, that's a little alarming." But uh, in my that, mind, that, in my that mind, can she's be a nineteen. In term, my mind, though. she's at least nineteen. She's just young. She's just nineteen, and he's maybe in his early to mid twenties, <laughs> right? Is that that's
0: fair? I mean, for- well, no. I mean, look, that's definitely more of the way I'm thinking. I'm thinking she's in her early twenties or something, and you know, he's a little later on, maybe, obviously. Yeah, perhaps, but, perhaps.
1: Like we're we're not saying he's but, a statutory yeah. rapist. That is definitely not what we are trying to say i just worry oh. that the way people take things nowadays you know
0: well okay i'm not even going to go into that that's
1: fine <laughs> but they have a history and they have a they you know, have a history they have a history and, the, and i again that's uh, to me that's another neat element of the movie it's it's like uh, again I'll, I'll evoke another lucas uh classic I'll, you know star wars you know star wars is cool because like it's like you're in the middle of something you're like oh Like they're talking about things that happen that you don't know about. You're like, oh, we're just in the in in, we're just in this story, and that's how you are in Raiders. Like you're just in their story, and I I think it's a really great way to bring these characters around again. You know, it's just I don't know. It's just it just really really works. It translates so well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's what you know Lucas talks about when when he talks about. Star Wars, he talks about how it's a, it's a lived in universe and you're being dropped into the middle of it. And he does, they, they do the same, the same thing with this. And Mm -hmm. so it adds, it adds a sense of, of realism to it.
1: Yes. You know, I definitely remember Lucas talking about that in in regards to Star Wars and how he wanted, you know, the ships and everything to kind of look like dirty and lived in and used. And, right. and that's kind of the world that India is in as well, too. It, you know? It's it's lived in like people have had lives. Like we're not just going on someone's first you know adventures or whatever. Like, like no, he's been doing this for a long time. He talks about it. Yeah, no, it's great. It's it's. Uh, I I like what I like the Marion character so much, and uh, I, apparently Karen Allen had uh, quite a bit to contribute too because uh, apparently on set. There were a lot of a lot of rewrites, you know, occurring as things were developing, and the story was kind of evolving and changing and whatnot. And uh, they allowed her to kind of shape, help shape the Marion character, so that she was proactive and not just kind of like running away from danger and you know running towards Indy or something like that. You know, like she was you know able to be uh, her own protector. You know, she has the pan, the guy with the knife and the pan and the whole thing. And, right. You know, like it, I, I, I again, the elements that I think make her such an endearing and and uh, charming character right so yeah I love Karen Allen this uh, you know Karen, yeah, she's great she doesn't have a she, Karen Allen doesn't have a, an, a, an overwhelmingly amazing like you know film history but like she's been in some of my favorite movies Besides, you know with this and then like Scrooge which is one of my Christmas favorites
0: yeah those are the first two that come to mind I feel like there's something else they're, like they're,
1: there's more in the middle but like they're more uh uh I would want to say like a, like dramas than, than, than they are sort of like the like the kind of movies that are in you and I's wheelhouse. Sure, sure. So then, after the fire, you know, Tote burns his hand on the medallion, tries to grab the medallion, which is a cool sequence. I really like that. They obviously ripped that off for Home Alone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're like, they're like, hey, Joe Pesci, we're going to do this thing that we saw in Raiders of the Lost Ark with the doorknob. Get ready. Yeah. <laughs> Except Joe Pesci's uh, you know, they don't use his to find the go into the the map room. Sounds like no. a mistake. Sounds like a huge mistake.
0: All no, right. did 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 that I don't remember if that comes back in any way during Home Alone. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually do want to say though, but before like right right as we get to the um the Marion introduction, you know we also see that very classic, iconic, um, uh, the, the map, map graphic the map. that shows yep. Indy globe trotting from place to place. And it's such a, I think it, it, it's like such a great way to uh, sort of, you know, kind of like fast forward the exposition and show him going from one point to another. And it, it's it's just very iconic for the series.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and we should mention too that uh, as Indy boards the plane, uh, Tot is on the plane as well. And you right. get like the the again the, that those sinister notes from the that John Williams score come into play, and you're like, yeah. oh, who's this guy? And then you know he sh- obviously he shows up at Marion's bar to get the, to get the the, the medallion, and yeah, good stuff there. I, again, more foreshadowing that comes into play. Again, like you said, the script is really lean and really tight, and it's it just it just works in so many ways. And I know I know you had some some uh, critiques of of the shootout in the bar, but I really like that sequence. I love the way the sound is is done in this movie as well, like like the gunshots and the punches. It's all just like it just has like has this kind of like visceral quality to it that I completely respect and and love every time I watch it.
0: Yeah, you know about the gunfight in the bar. You know, like any criticism I have of it is is very small overall. I think it's a very enjoyable sequence. But yeah, you're right, it, 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 the, the sound in it is great, and one of the things that they do is they actually, they, they drop out the score, so there's no music, and there's just sound effects, and, and it, it, it's a very um, kind of in, interesting and, and sort of real, it gives the scene a little more, I think, gravitas and, and, and realism to it.
1: Yeah. And I mean not that not that Indy is the first one to do this by any means, but you know, each gun has a distinct sound and it, it just sort of resonates through when you're listening to it, you know? Uh you know, yeah. I think Indy I, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he has like a forty five or something. Yes. And it you know, it has a very powerful sound to it compared to like the machine gun sound. And again, just another another element of the movie that kind of just helps combine to make it such an enjoyable uh, Film-going experience, you know, the, the the besides just like the the story and the acting and the directing and the and the music, like this, it sounds really good. Yeah, it just lends itself to to make it even a more enjoyable experience. Uh, so we get to Cairo, and yep. uh, this is where the movie really takes off. Yeah, we're introduced to Sala, his family. Uh, you know, again, another another character uh who was from Indie's past that they have an association and we're just we're just kind of in here and they're like oh that's Indie's friend and now we're we're part of it and it's all good um, yeah we there's a monkey there's a monkey. Here, who, there's a, here monkey, who a does, monkey who does the 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 you know, the, the, the hail Hitler's signs, and the, these other these <laughs> other Nazis are sighaling to a to a monkey. It's kind of funny. <laughs> we, right. We haven't, <laughs> we, haven't really, we haven't really talked about the humor in the movie, but like, there's a good balance of humor in there as well, too. Like every time it gets a little serious, there's a little levity provided as well.
0: Yeah, it's one of the great things about uh, about about uh, about the movie um, is that you know, kinda of like what we were saying, like it, it has these very big stakes, kind of the the fate of the world. Um, and you're dealing with very scary subject matter in, in terms of uh, the the supernatural. Um, but you know ultimately it you know there there's like you said there there's a lot of humor a lot of humor in it to to, to help the audience through.
1: Yeah. Now apparently this this is not actually filmed in Cairo, uh, it it was Tunisia because I guess like Lucas had you know money to spend in Tunisia apparently still from Star Wars days, so they used uh, they used yeah. Tunisia as sort of like the Cairo double, um, but uh, the market sequence you know with Marion and Indy walking around the market, and then the assassination attempts, yeah the action sequence that breaks out, again super super fun really enjoyable. Uh, you know, again, Marion with the pan and the guy with the knife and the whole thing. It, it's it's great, it's wonderful, it's so good. And then Indy. And the and the guy who wants to challenge him to the sword fight, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I it gets I me mean, every time. The... It gets me every yeah. time. It's it, it's
0: great. And um, you know, it's one of those things. It's just like what what even can can be said about it? So much has been said about it, but it it's its just one of the most kind of iconic indie moments,
1: yeah, you know he he pulls the gun and shoots the guy and just turns around. He's like, "I got shit to do, but you know yeah. I, I, obviously, now I think we all kind of know the story that that Harrison Ford had had like dysentery the entire time he was in in North Africa and, right like he was just not going to be capable of doing the complicated whip fight sequence that they had planned out for this, yeah. And and I, I feel like he came up with the perfect resolution and Spielberg was like, yeah, let's do it. And it works so well. And it's again, another injection of levity in, in a very uh, action packed, uh, kind of, you know, serious sequence.
0: It's an injection of levity. And it also, you know, it, um, if they had done the whip slash short fight, you always would have had that question of, well, why doesn't he just pull the gun out and shoot him?
1: <laughs> it's a good you point, know? Mark. It's a good point. That's what that's why we bring you on this podcast. <laughs> okay. You have to be the other side of the coin. <laughs> no, it's it's a great point. You know, uh, uh, to this point, you know, other than the bar fight, you know, Indy has a gun, but he hasn't really used it for anything. You know, these, these guys are trying to kill him, but he hasn't, you know, just started mowing down people <laughs> with his with his forty five. Not yet <laughs> this is when this is also when Marion gets abducted, she's in the basket. the monkey rats are out, they take right. the basket uh and then you get like sort of like the uh it's a little complicated, but the basket switch, and the truck that, that Indy thinks is on that she' on exploding yeah i didn't i didn't if if they if
0: they show it, I didn't catch it on this last viewing, but do they
1: show at any point the basket's being switched? They don't. The only... The thing I I think I've decided over the years, the more and more I watch it, is that Indy's just following the wrong thing. You know? like The the, the Nazis have a distraction. They're like, okay, you guys take this basket and run over there, and and that's who he ends up following.
0: Right. Yeah, no, no. I I was just curious, because... And the more, you know, I was thinking about it, it It's like, well, they probably don't want you they don't want the audience to know that there was a basket switch because otherwise uh, Indy's mourning of Marion would, you know, the, it, the the audience would know. And so it it wouldn't be as impactful.
1: A great. You agreed. A hundred percent. You nailed it completely. We totally buy into Indy's mourning, his sense of loss, the sadness that he feels. And again, that, that wonderful mournful John Williams score that's playing as he's sort of like drinking his pain away uh, at at yeah. her death, uh, that that he brought her into this, you know, obviously the guilt he feels at the same time. Right. And again, this leads to one of my one of my favorite uh, sequences in the movie. Again, this is where Indy and the lock have their conversation in the bar in Cairo. And it's, I, again, I, I don't know what else to say about it other than it's just so fucking fun to watch these two just spar with each other verbally. You know, and and like like you were saying about the dueling archaeologist aspect, how Belloc is kind of pointing out to Indy that were it not for, you know, a few different things, they'd be the same person. Uh, And and what would it take for Indy to kind of fall away from the light? Right. And and again, you get the great line where, you know, Indy's just like, now you're being nasty. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, again, you get other great bits of dialogue in this sequence too, you know, about, like, you know, Belloc saying, like, the... The, what the the ark is a radio for talking to God and stuff like that. It's just it's such a great sequence. I love it when you can get these kind of. It doesn't happen too often in movies, and sometimes it doesn't play as being like authentic. Right. But when you get your antagonist and your protagonist in a scene together, just you know, just going back and forth with each other. It doesn't always work. This works. It's so good. It's so well done. Again, it's it's it's, it's almost like Belloc's trying to recruit him over. To their side.
0: Yeah, it is a, It does seem a little bit like that. Um, and you know, like you said, I. It, it's a great scene, and seeing those two play off off each other is is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I. I it's a scene I dig. It's. There's a lot. Of, there's so much. There's so much good stuff in there. You know, <laughs> when when Indy's like probably all. You know, Sorry. No, no, no. I was, I was. I'm probably gonna have to pause it here and, and insert the sound clip that I want. You know where Indy says, "You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. I've got nothing better
0: to do." Yeah, that's a good line. Um, but I was gonna say it probably. It, it, probably one of the the first examples of uh you know the villain saying i'm i'm just the shadow of you and that kind you know like i feel like we've seen that speech a lot in in movies but this is is one of probably one of the original iterations of that of Mm -hmm. that speech yeah uh and and one of the better
1: yeah you know you're definitely right about that um so uh, eventually Indy's going to make his way out of this bar, despite the fact that everyone seems to want to kill him. Uh, but he's, yeah. he's rescued by Sala's kids, basically. They head back yeah. to Sala's place. And, uh, you know, while, while they were in the marketplace, Sala was working on getting, getting this, this guy who's going to read the medallion and give them the information that they need on, them, on the medallion. Uh, this is where we find out that the Nazis had their own version of the medallion somehow, but it was only one-sided. Right. And we find out that the staff of Ra that they're building, uh, the Nazis, is, is too long and, yes. and uh, this is where the, they try to poison again more people trying to kill Indy a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of people trying to kill Indiana Jones at this point in the movie and we get, we get one of my favorite lines when Indy's going to pop that date in his mouth once they realize they have the correct measurements for the staff of Ra and they're going to go into that map room and they're going to find out where the well of souls is ahead of the Nazis and they got the, they got the upper hand now and, he's gonna, he's, and he tosses that date into, his, into, his, into the air and, and Salah sees the dead monkey the dead Nazi monkey And he catches Mm -hmm. the date in the air and says, Bad dates. And it's one of my favorite things ever. I don't know why. I love it so much.
0: It's a great line. I I mean, maybe the line itself isn't great, but the delivery by by John rhys Davies is great.
1: I I say that line all the time, and maybe three people in my life know what I'm talking about. And one of those three people is not my wife. She has no idea what I'm talking about when I say that.
0: That um, makes perfect sense.
1: Janine, not very good at the movie quote game, just for the record.
0: At least not these movies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least not movies that you like. <laughs> she might be really good at the Sex and the City quote game. I don't, you know, I don't know for right. sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the map room sequence? Love it. One of my favorite so, sequences. It's so cool. And again, another great scene where that John Williams score just like it, it reaches that crescendo as the yeah. light strikes the stone and sends the beam down to where the well of souls is it's awesome
0: yeah. yeah and and you know it's a fun uh kind of uh treasure hunt um obstacle i, I guess where you know you have to you know you you put the staff and in, and in, where it needs to go, and and you wait for the sun to, to hit the the medallion at the right time, and it shows you where to go. It's very kind of like uh, very Spielbergian, I guess. You know, in terms of, you know, you think about you know stuff like Goonies and 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 whatnot.
1: Well, it's a lot or, fun. well, and, and even you know further down the road, like the the, the, the stuff that it's it's uh, inspired. That's more recent, like like Tomb Raiders and and uh, Uncharted games, and you know, spe- specifically in the video game industry, like Indiana Jones is a huge influence with like uh, these sort of like puzzles and and, and riddles you got to kind of fig- figure out. Uh, you know, yeah. Indiana, Indiana Jones is is his the way he's pervaded pop culture is just I mean it's it's he kind of has his fingers everywhere, right? Like there's always yeah. like a little bit of an influence on these things, like and you know and well, we'll, we'll national we'll, treasure. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll talk about like some sort of the, some of those things like at the end after after we talk about the movie. Um, okay. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, hundred percent. Like like so much. Again, and this movie is inspired by those those old Alan Quatermain serials, but in Indie was sort of like the perfection of all of it, right? Yeah, I suppose so. And and the, that that max, that that um, map room sequence is is I again, so good. Now, let me ask you about this, because it's also it's right for this that, that uh, Indy's walking, he's making his way through that Nazi camp because he had to sneak in there. So he's got the whole um, uh, uh, gear on, you know, to disguise himself, to blend in. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where he finds out that Marion's still alive. and he has, But he has to, he has to uh, leave her behind because he can't let the Nazis know that he knows, right? Right. What did you think of all that?
0: Oh, it's a great scene. My my only thing is like, you know, he just kind of stumbles into that tent by chance. Well,
1: he's he's trying to avoid a group of Nazis that are coming his way in case he's recognized right. as a non-Arab.
0: Yeah, I, I guess it's just one of those uh, kind of movie things, you know, where it's just uh, sort of serendipitous, good fortune yeah. that uh, he just happens to to duck into the very same tent that that Marion is in. Um, but no, it like, like it's a great scene, um, b- between the two of them and, and, you know, you see that, you know, Indy starts to free her and then he has to kind of tie her back
1: up. Right. And she's not stoked he realizes. On that. Yeah, yeah. She's not stoked on that. Right. Uh, let me ask you a quick question. Am I allowed to say Arab? Is that a word that's okay still? I'm pretty sure. Okay, good. All right. Cool, 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 cool. All right. So this is when we get, uh, Sala gets his diggers. And they know where they're going. They're going off site. This is the dig they're doing is so that the Nazis are doing is so big and so complicated that that Indy's able to kind of like sneak these diggers in and do his own dig under their noses. Uh, does that bump up against you at all? Or are you kind of cool with the way it, it jives?
0: It doesn't bump up against me at all because if you go back to the scene where we're first introduced to Sala, Sala is saying like he's been recruited to help in the dig, but his assistance there is so inconsequential yeah. because they've got so many people working at the same time. So I think it makes complete sense that that they're able to kind of go in and just start just start digging. It, it is such a, a a a big a big dig.
1: Agreed. And he, uh, Salah also says in that same sequence how there's there's not one brain among them except for Belloc. And, exactly and, and uh, yeah, so one of the I, you know sometimes I talk to people and they're like, "How does he do that with the Nazis all there?" And like, well, like it's big, <laughs> it's like it's big, <laughs> like everyone's digging everywhere. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, no, no. It, it, it um, you know, just it, that's one of those things. You know, stuff gets lost in in the shuffle in in bureaucracy all the time, and you know, yeah. So
1: and this is where this is where you get that that again that sort of iconic. Uh, sunset silhouette of of Indy yeah. pacing back and forth, putting the hat on. They're digging. You, you know, you have like the the wife. Oh, oh, I forget the name, but you know, the the, the, the sort of chants that like the diggers have. Um, the the kind of those that the kind of um, sets a tempo for digging. You know, just like the way the, way yeah. the oarsmen would have for uh, ships back in the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, very cool.
1: Yeah, it's really cool stuff. What did you think of of Marion and Balak getting drunk together? <laughs> I think it's great, and um,
0: you know, it, it, again, it, it's one of those things. They 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 set it up at the at the start of the film when they introduced Marion, that that she's playing him, but then you know we get the turn that you know it's actually him playing her, and and I like that.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really a really neat sequence with the, with the two characters. Again, two two actors seemingly having a a good time. Uh, because apparently they were allowed to sort of improv the whole thing. Like they weren't quite sure how, uh, apparently Spielberg and, and, and the, the, and the writers were kind of like, they didn't have like a a concrete idea what they wanted that sequence to be. So, Mm -hmm. so, uh, Karen Allen and Freeman got to kind of figure it out on their, on their own and what they wanted it to be. And and that's what they settled on. And I I think it just works so well. Again, Karen Allen's input in this movie apparently cannot be ignored for her character, and then again for this sequence.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, it, it's probably why it works because I, you know, I think scenes mm-hmm. like that, it, it's kind of hard to write a scene like that because it is such, um, you know, what what you know, what are these two characters kind of talking about? Really, you know, they're they're just kind of getting drunk together mm-hmm. and. And so, you know, having the input from the actors on on something like that, I think, is always um, very important to 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 lend uh, credibility to the scene.
1: Yeah, well, and, and I think you have to wonder too when you're watching it. Is is you know you're you're kind of wondering like, oh, is Marion going to get the jump on him, or is she just kind of kind of like get him drunk and let him pass out like like we saw when we were introduced to her? Is that kind of like her move here? Like, what's yeah. what's the play? And then you know, Tote shows up again with his. Uh, N- nunchuck jacket holder <laughs> jacket <laughs> hanger <laughs> which yeah. is a great sequence uh which Spielberg tried to use he, Spielberg tried to use that that uh that gag in 1941 with Belushi and Aykroyd and it didn't play um it plays in this I don't know why it just works so much better for this
0: yeah I mean I can't I've 1941 is one of the few Spielberg Films I haven't seen, so I can't really say anything about it. I've seen but, it like baby but twice. Yeah, it works here.
1: I've seen it twice, and I think that I watched it the second time because it's like, oh, it couldn't possibly be as bad as I remembered, and it, it wasn't. It wasn't good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what I've heard. Every, everyone tells me just just stay away from it. It's not even <laughs> worth your time.
1: Uh, so at this point, as this is going on, you get Indian Sala. They're opening the well. They're, they're lifting that, that huge concrete slab. Uh, so that they they can go down into the well of souls, and I'm not gonna lie. I, again, another gag that makes me laugh to this day, <laughs> when when they when they're trying to peer down into the well, and then the, the lightning flashes, and Solid yeah. sees the statue and it scares him. <laughs> yeah, it makes me laugh so much, and I know it's coming, and I, I just laugh anyways because it cracks me up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's great, and and John Rice Davy's uh, delivery of it is is great. He just you know he just owns it.
1: Yeah. And then you get the next the next big thing, and this this pays off from what we set up earlier in the, in the movie. But Indy, why is the floor moving? Right. Why does the, I think he says why does the floor move? And then you, you, they toss the torch down, and it's just covered in snakes. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And you're like, hey, wait, Indiana Jones, he hates snakes. Yep. <laughs> but they got to go down there, so they go down there.
0: Anyway. Ass. Very dangerous. You go first.
1: <laughs> you go first, exactly. Again, so good. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> Your delivery that was perfect, Mark. I want to commend. Thank them. you, thank you, thank yes, you. That was beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love, and I, the the fact you did that makes me love you even more. Okay. <laughs> so they just, they descend into the well of souls. They're going to get the ark, and then, and this is where we see it for the first time. The the thing we've we we we've been looking for the entire movie. The Ark of the Covenant. And right. uh, it looks great. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. If if someone offered me an Ark of the Covenant as a coffee table, I'd take him. I'd be like, yeah, I'll take that as a coffee table. Thanks. Looks really good.
0: Yeah. It's, it's such a cool design with the two... Uh, are they... Is it owls? Or are they falcons? It, but with like the wings touching? Yeah, on, on the opposite ends of the of the ark itself. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's such a cool design. I
1: think they're falcons, but I could be mistaken. my my Egyptian mythology is not as good as it used to be, right. I forget which which uh, bird was more sacred to them. so, but it, yeah, it, it, either way, it's a really cool, evocative image. I really dig it. You know, as they're, as they, uh, as, as Sal is on one side and indies on the other and they're getting ready to lift up the arc out of the out of the uh, the sort of uh, crypt that it's in. Um, mm-hmm. in, in for any sharp-eyed viewers out there and it's a lot easier to see now that like with with high def and 4k and, and stuff like that but uh just off off of Indy's like right arm uh, you can see as a hieroglyphic you can see uh, d 2 and c3po
0: Oh, okay, yeah, I've always heard that. I don't think I've I've ever actually spotted it myself. I've
1: never, um, I've never really looked for it, but I've heard it's there. It's definitely easy to see nowadays uh, in 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 the high def. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, well,
0: I, I was watching it in glorious four eighty p DVD.
1: Oh my! Look at you. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you didn't just sit on the VHS. <laughs>
0: I don't have a VCR, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have these in uh, in widescreen on on VHS. Yeah, fair enough, fair
1: enough. All right, so they get the ark. They're gonna they, they box it up. They're hauling it up, and this is when, after Marion's uh, failed escape attempt, uh, Balak is coming out of uh, coming out of his tent. And he's talking to all the Nazi generals, and they're demanding results. They don't know. They don't understand why they haven't found the ark yet, and that is when the one the one brain amongst them, notices a dig site where there shouldn't be a dig site. And that is when the Nazis right. swoop in, take the Ark, throw Indy and Marion back down into the Well of Souls, um, and it's snake time. Yep. <laughs> like, you thought there were snakes the first time? There's a lot of snakes this time. Uh, talk to me about that. Like, how is is that pretty iconic for you? How does that work for you?
0: I, I mean, it's great. Yeah. Um...
1: I love the sequence where Marion jumps on his back and her legs are just kind of like all over the place.
0: Yeah. She's just, <laughs>
1: cause that would be me. I'm not going to lie. That would be oh, me. Wow. <laughs> all right. Legs all akimbo. Just like, get me out of the snake pit, please.
0: I'm not taking you on any adventures. Um,
1: <laughs> no, they probably shouldn't.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's a great scene. Um, you know, you get the kind of the little bit of the the ticking of, of, of the clock as the uh, the torches burn down. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of my one, if I, if I were going to have any criticism of, this, of the scene, it would be that the torches do burn out, but there's still plenty of light in there. <laughs>
1: well. And right. I mean,
0: I get it. We, the audience, needs to be able to see what's going on, but... I think they could have. Uh, I think they could have managed to uh, uh, with darkening the image still a, a little bit more. Yeah. But um, no, very fun scene with uh, you know Indy finding the way out, seeing where the snakes are coming in at, and realizing that there there there's an opening in one of the walls, and you know he climbs the. The statue of, of Anubis and knocks it over and smashes through the wall and, and that's how they get out and you know that that's one of those things it, it just talks to um, the character's ingenuity and, and his resourcefulness in, in, in getting out of a getting out of a predicament and the fact that he you know he has to he has to think his way through problems he's not he's not this superhero that can just like smash through walls and stuff like that
1: yeah. No, I, I I agree. I also like that uh, in in that in, you know when he knocks the Anubis statue over, uh, and it crashes through that wall, and they have to go through the, that next adjoining chamber. Uh, I like that. That's where we see like why it's called the Well of Souls, and all yeah the bodies and and st- that are in there. You know, I I really like that little touch to it. Yeah. And and yeah, I I don't. I, again, it's a small thing, but I was like, that's why it's the Well of Souls. Here it is. Yeah, and it is very
0: haunting. Like I remember as a kid, I remember that being like quite a scary sequence, especially when you see the one corpse with like that massive python coming through its coming out I, of its yeah. mouth.
1: Oh my god, that traumatized me for a long time. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that was very <laughs> scary as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it it the the way it plays is so great because, you know, our our heroes, you know, Marion and Indy think that Marion in particular in, in this in this scene thinks that she's now out of danger because she's away from the snakes and they're going to get their way out of here. And she, and she grabs onto the thing and it's a, a, a dead body. And then they all just kind of like collapse in on her and you, yeah. know, you, you think you're safe. And then you find out, Nope, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Not that she's necessarily in danger from corpses, but still it, it's a very terrifying moment to be in. Right. I yeah. would, I wouldn't want those dirty dead bodies on me. That's good. Well, you know, if they died of the creeping death, uh, that would, you know, you, you might be worried about contagions. Does that last after all that time? I mean, a, a biblical plague could probably last for a while, I, I would imagine.
0: I suppose so. I suppose.
1: <laughs> All right. So at this point, Indy's su- uh, su- suppositions that like, hey, they got the ark, they're going to fly it out of here. Let's go to the airfield where that plane is.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I'd love the pa- the plane sequence. I just do.
0: Oh, i It's it's wonderful. Um, yeah, he's to be I will say the whole did, thing. Did that? Go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. Go ahead. No, I was, I was going to ask. Did, does that plane look like it can fit the arc? It doesn't.
1: Look, it looks like a very flat plane. It sure does. I don't know if they're going to strap it onto the hood or not. I don't know what the plan was.
0: Okay. All right. You know, but
1: but you know, Indy's like, hey, it's a plane. They're going to put it on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, it, it turns into another great action sequence where they, he has to stop the plane. He's gonna stop the pilot. All the the whole thing. He's on. I'm assuming he's gonna take. He's like gonna take the plane. It's kind of like his plan. Like, what do you think he's doing here?
0: Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think I think his plan is to get up to the cockpit, knock the guy out, and uh, and and assume control of, of, of the plane.
1: And then the the big uh, German bodybuilder guy comes out, and, <laughs> and decides like that looks like a fun guy to fight. <laughs> I'm gonna punch him in the face, and I love. Harrison Ford slash Indy's reaction to this guy, where he's just kind of like, he's like, all right, all right, all right, come on, <laughs> give me a yeah, minute, give me a minute.
0: <laughs> no, this guy was great. Like, I love his reaction. I, I love him first. Uh, he- he's like in a hut or whatever, and he just kind of steps out like he's just, you know, he's drinking his coffee or what, just minding his own business. And he's he seems so overjoyed that oh, there's someone to fight. <laughs> I-, I think it's so great. This guy is awesome. <laughs>
1: You no, know, it really is, and it's a fun fight. And again, like you said, I mean, it, it, this, this sequence, just like a lot of the movie has that to this point already, I mean, it talks to Indy just being like a normal, everyday guy. Like, you know, he takes a punch, but, like, he definitely feels it. You know, like, when he when he first gets that punch to the, to the jaw and just his knees buckle and he collapses, it's so yeah. good. It's like, oh, that would be me. All right. <laughs> this is, yeah, why, this exactly. is why I don't yeah, fist fight.
0: It, it, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's great. And, uh, yeah, he really... He really gets beat to shit in this movie. No, he
1: really does, and it's it's you know through uh, uh you know at at one point uh, Marion had, had taken the 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 wedges that were holding the plane's uh, wheels in place and knocked the the pilot out, but because of that right. it got the plane spinning, and yeah. so eventually uh Indy wins the fight by default as propeller blades go crashing into that guy's body, and sends which, blood spraying everywhere.
0: Yeah, which is awesome.
1: Which is awesome. I agree.
0: Still, one of my favorite moments.
1: It's really good. I mean, the way the way that that Indy like kind of like ducks and covers, and the guy's like, "What is he doing that for?" And he turns around and is like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. And again, another great reaction from that from that from that actor playing that part is like, "Oh!" Ah!
0: Yeah, no, he was he was wonderful <laughs> in that role.
1: And then so and the plane blows up because there's a whole gas tank thing, and, and you know Marion's shooting uh, you know the Nazis that show up to to stop them. It, it's a great action sequence. It's really really good. There's a lot to it. I know we're, we're kind of going through it quickly, but it's a, it's a great sequence. Yeah. And then our yeah, heroes, our heroes eventually meet up with, with Sala and he, he, he tells him what's really going. It's like, no, 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 the Nazis, they're putting on a truck. And then you get Indy going what truck. And then that leads into our big sequence that we've already talked about a little bit, but the yeah. truck, the truck sequence is just so good to this yeah. day. It, I, to me, it just plays so well. The constant back and forth, you know, is Indy going to get control of this truck? Is he going to throw out of another windshield? Uh, you know, he's on the front grill the guy's going to smash him into, into the into the car in front of him with, with Belloc and the other uh, generals of uh, the Nazis. and uh, it, mm-hmm. It's so good. I don't know what else to say about it. It's, it's it's like, I don't know, filmmaking 101. It's perfect.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think kind of going back a little bit, uh, leading up to it, you know, when he meets with uh, Sala and Marion, we get what was probably my favorite line from the movie which is uh, you know Saul asking him what he's gonna do and he says I don't know I'm making this up as I go yeah,
1: that's good too, I feel yeah. like
0: that that's just like such that very much encapsulates who Indiana Jones is and yeah you know he just gets on on horseback and, and you get this this amazing chasing uh, through the de- de- through the desert with uh, you know killing lots of Nazis and throwing them off of cliffs into <laughs> beautiful matte paintings
1: oh that matte painting is gorgeous I'm not gonna lie it's super good. yeah cute. I love it I you know I we talked about it when when you and I did uh, caravan for courage but I love me a good matte painting man like that is a, I kind of miss those you know uh, I
0: definitely miss them I, I think they add so much um, so much character to 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 a movie yeah
1: yeah and it, it, it was You know, again, it's something I've noticed over the years. But when when that one guy goes flying off the side, I'm just like, when did they get on a cliff? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and like a really big one too. It was like, whoa. Yeah, we did not. uh, I didn't know that was there. Okay, (laughs) but it's a great sequence. I I I have nothing to say except just just watch. I mean, if you were to turn it on, you know, you come across Paramount Network, and you just if you're you're in the middle of that sequence, you just watch it. It's so good. Yeah, I have nothing to say about it. And then uh, Indy eventually gets control of the truck. He forces uh, Belloc and the other uh, uh, German army dudes off to the side of the road, and then they hide the truck in the in the the, the marketplace area, and the Nazis run away. And it looks like Indy's got the got the ark, and now they're gonna get Good the dirt. hell out of there. And uh, by the way, I like how they use that gag with you know parking the truck and turning it like decorating it like it's a shop. Yeah, very good. And then how that, when you watch uh, Last Crusade, like, the reverse kind of happens when, when they're trying to take Brody from Sala. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if that's a I, I, connected. It's been so long since I've seen Last Crusade, but I, I, I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, Sala throws Brody into a shop, but it turns out it's actually the back of a truck, and then the Nazis take That's away, right. Yeah. And Sala's like, oh, yeah. what the shit? <laughs> we... Yeah. Great sequence, but I, I, I kind of like how that, the two things kind of connect each other. I, I thought that was really yeah. cool. Uh, but this is where we get introduced to Captain Katanga and his uh, yes. his uh, I don't know his motley band of <laughs> I don't know. You kind of want to call them pirates, but I guess you don't at the same time. They're you know they're cargo I mean, ships, right? I mean,
0: I mean, I think they're supposed to be pirates.
1: I kind of, they kind of are. They don't have a lot of other cargo, do they? That cargo holds are no. really empty. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So yeah, Captain Katanga,
0: scallywags.
1: Yes. And uh, but they're friends of Sala, and and so he's hooked them up. He's gonna transport Indy and Marion and the Ark back to uh, friendly territory. Yeah. And this again, this is like the first time, uh, you know, in a while that the movie slows down, and you get that quiet yes. moment between Indy and Marion. And uh, again, I think it's a really great scene. The way that the two the two actors communicate with each other, it's just it, there's so much realness to it. It doesn't feel fake or made up, like they just seem to have this natural rapport with each other and and the sort of implied history with them. uh, It helps lend to that familiarity for the audience to buy into. Yeah. And like, again, there's great parts of it too. You know, when she flips the mirror and hits him in the face and, you know, sends him howling. And then the whole thing where she's like trying to put the moves on him and then he falls asleep because he probably hasn't slept in like three days. (laughs) Right. and, And he's like, you know, <laughs> going crashing through a, the Well of Souls, and he's been thrown off a truck six times. You know, it's a whole thing. He's probably really tired. Not the man I knew ten years ago. It's not the years, it's the mileage.
0: Yeah, I think he, Yeah, he, he's earned it.
1: Yeah, and again, something about that, the way that sequence plays out, them sort of not taking that moment to sort of like consummate their relationship with each other, mm-hmm. I think makes it more real in a way you know what i mean
0: yeah i think so too and yeah you know, it, it it just speaks to the character to the character that you know he he is just just a real guy and he he's bruised and battered and you know he's certainly down for that moment between them but you know he he needs his rest he needs yeah. his eight hours
1: i mean he just passes out like the, the the adrenaline rushes over and now yeah. everything hurts, and he's just tired. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it again. It's, it's just kind of grounded and real. But the, the tenderness between the two characters is completely authentic, and I, I I'm totally in, into it and, and buy it a hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. I love it. And then uh, when the, when Indy wakes up, that's when we find out the ship has stopped, and the Nazis have showed up with a U boat <laughs> because they're the Nazis. They have a U boat. Yeah. Why, <laughs> Why wouldn't not? They? Why wouldn't they? Now. <sighs> I don't know how I want to ask this question. I mean, basically the Nazis show up, they're looking for Jones, they're looking for Marion, they're looking for the Ark. They take the Ark, they're taking Marion, but they can't find Jones. Right. And this is where we get to sort of one of the, I don't know, discrepancies is the word I want to use, but the Nazis take what they want and they're going back to the U-boat. Yeah. The pirates can't find Jones and then they see Jones, he's in the water, he's swimming out to the U-boat.
0: Yeah. He's climbing onto the U-boat.
1: Climbing right into that conning tower. And this is where some people get like, ooh, it doesn't make any sense. It's a U-boat. It's, it's, it's clearly diving. Uh, do you have problems with that sequence?
0: 100%.
1: Really? Okay.
0: Yes. Right. It, it, to me, so Temple of Doom gets a lot of flack for something that very illogical that happens toward the end of that movie, at the end of that movie. I think this is just as bad as that, but more people seem to overlook it. This has bothered me since I was a kid. I was just like, I how did he how did how does he get into the submarine? How do they fit the arc into the submarine?
1: Okay, well okay, the submarine size issues aside, because trust me, like that's definitely a thing. Like that submarine, that particular model of, of, of U boat that they have in the movie, uh, is not what you would uh uh Typically have I don't want to say as it's it's simply as like a, like, a, like a plot device, but yeah, I mean you're right. Like yes, that that size submarine is not viable for the number of military forces that are on the pirate ship, let alone for storing the ark. You're you're right about that. That's very very sound. I can't argue there. I just feel like like you just buy into the fact they have a submarine and that's it. <laughs> No, it's absolutely fine that
0: they have a submarine. It's just that my understanding of those submarines is once that hatch is closed, it has to be opened from the inside. So there's no way for Indy to get inside the submarine. Um, It would be, even if he does, it would be very hard for him to hide in the submarine. But I would be okay with that if they would show it. But they don't. And the little bit that they show of the Nazis inside the submarine, they're they're saying, my understanding is that they're saying "Taschen," which means dive. So the submarine does dive. So how does Indy, how does he stay with them and, okay. and get to the, the secret Nazi island? It, okay. it, it, it doesn't make sense.
1: Okay, let's talk. All right, according to the original screenplay. Uh, I know about this. <laughs> And, and, and whether you want to buy it or not is it's, it's totally fine And apparently they filmed parts of the sequence but not the entire thing and they decided to move, like, move on with their lives uh, but if you were to read the Marvel comic adaptation they illustrate the sequence on what happens yes. now there is a certain level of disbelief that goes along with it but yes. there is some reality that you should keep in mind as well uh, at this point submarines were not quite the way that we think they are nowadays you didn't necessarily dive unless you were trying to evade enemy forces or if you're trying to sneak up on enemy forces for an attack. So in in theory, most of the time, submarines actually didn't go underwater because uh, being under diesel power on the surface was more fuel efficient and, and, and better overall. Um, they now, now, Again, they clearly dive in this movie, but according to the script, they go to periscope depth. Right. Which is not super deep. They're just kind of like out of sight at this point. You know, it's, yeah. it's 36 you know, no one's really looking for him anyway. So they're just chilling at Periscope depth. And according to the script, the screenplay, and the Marvel comic adaptation, this is when Indy uh, lashes the whip around the Periscope and just kind of hangs out.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he he ties himself to it. I, I've, I've heard about this. And, you know, like, it's silly. Um, but, again, I... I feel like it's fine, I guess. Um, I I just think that they should show it.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Um, my understanding, though, is that that Lucas and and Spielberg. Uh, agreed it was a bit silly and so uh, like you said they'd started they at least shot some of it and then they just kind of scrapped it and were like whatever we'll just we'll just cut it out to me the the flaw of it is just having it be a submarine why not just have it be I don't know what other, what other kind of boat the Nazis would have at their disposal. The first thing that comes to my mind is a destroyer. I don't know why you would have a destroyer in that situation. But just have it be something where Indy can clearly get on board, they can get the Ark on board as well, yeah. and Indy can stow away. No. To, to me, it's a it's a, it's a flaw. It's, it, it's the one thing that kind of bothers me about it. But, you know, it, it doesn't detract too much from my enjoyment of, of the movie as a whole.
1: No, you're. De- I mean, you're definitely not... Wrong, like a, like a destroyer would have made more sense in, in that regard, because like that would accommodate like the the large Nazi force that occupies the pirate ship. There's um, ample room for the Ark to be on board, and and all the, right. all, the all the other things that we talked about already. Um, I think the one thing. I mean, if, but at that point, like, I, I, you know, I imagine you're not going back for reshoots and be like, you know, we, we're scrapping the submarine thing and we're bringing in a German destroyer or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm assuming that probably was cost prohibitive if they probably. wanted to do it. Uh, but if you're going to cut a scene, you know, fine, don't don't do the scene where, where he uses the whip and lashes to the periscope. Fine. But also cut the scene where they're saying Tashin, right? Like, just have the Yuba be on the surface.
0: Well, cut that. I I mean, you know, another easy solution would have been, um, you know, we we see Indy climb onto the submarine. Right. So all we have to do is, like, leave one Nazi soldier on the conning tower and have Indy, like, take that guy out, knock him off, and then go into the submarine and close the hatch. And have him hide somewhere. I my understanding is like a summer, like that would be a very hard place to hide and stow away. But I could go with that, and I feel like that is something that would have been. Uh, they they would have been able to do that with with the budget. Like yeah. I feel like they could have gone back and reshot that with just a few shots.
1: No, I'm I'm not gonna argue with that either. That would have been perfectly acceptable as well too. I I, I think they ultimately decided, and like this may have been a, a decision that was made after filming, like in post production as they were cutting the movie yeah. together. Uh, yeah. And I think at this point that you know they made decisions like you know what if the if the audience is along for the ride at this point they're along for the ride, and and you know we'll just kind of fudge this and and hope that it's not a big thing. And it, I think to most people it's probably not a big thing, honestly.
0: Yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I, you know, I think they were more or less right about that, you know, because even though it, it takes me out of it, I still, you know, I, I immensely enjoy the movie. I just see it as like, eh, I wish they had done something different there, but this is still great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A hundred. I, Agree. Like I said, you can if you want to like fixate on that scene, and, and and all that stuff you can. But like, why bother? Like, it's such a just go on the ride with the movie. You're 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 invested at this point. Just have fun. It, it you know, I, like do I do? I mean, do do people do like like breakdowns on the Fast and the Furious movies about how like the laws of physics are broken in every single one of them? I mean, no, they don't.
0: Dude, dude don't even bring up the Fast and the Furious <laughs> to me. Those movies are garbage. <laughs>
1: I know someone listening to this podcast who is going to fight you on that.
0: Like they, you
1: can't even compare the two. No, I listen. You're not wrong. Uh, one thing, <laughs> one thing I did want to mention too. Uh, back, back on Katanga's boat with, with the arc in in the storage. The sequence where we see like the Nazi symbol and all the branding on the box burning away. Yeah. What a cool touch. Awesome. Like what a what a great way to kind of, kind of like evoke a little like religious mythology into into your movie. I mean, ab- about a religious artifact, no less, but making it it be something that's, that's proactive and showing that it's it's capable of doing things in, in a sense. I don't know if that's the right word I want to use, but that there is a, a power that emanates from it. And again, you you kind of call back to the Ten Commandments and, and worshipping of false idols like the like the like the uh, like the swastika and stuff like that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, just that, and the fact that you know, this is this is a Hebrew relic, and it's being encased in something stamped with something that is completely antithetical to to that religion, you know, and almost like it's it the the Ark itself is is striking out against this this thing that is that is hateful towards it.
1: Yeah. Well, I I also wondered if it, if it would just be that way towards any any sort of symbol of of, of like false false idolatry.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
1: I I but I mean, I mean your 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 point is well taken. Like that that's a a great take on it too. I just I I, I just love that like the, the the arc goes from being a thing to being the thing. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like No, no, no. This arc is is are all the stories we've been we we have been are being told in this movie are, like, legit. Like, this thing has got power inside of it. Like, we're going to see right. something happen.
0: Yeah, and it's a cool, you know, it's a cool foreshadowing of, of, of what happens.
1: Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Alright, so now we can get we can get to the secret Nazi uh, base, uh, you know, somewhere around what looked like Crete on the map, but, uh, you know, what do I know? Yeah. Um, how's that final sequence play out to you? By the way, uh, I, I should point out at this point in the movie, uh, Indiana Jones loses the fedora. It's gone. Yes, he does, yeah. No fedora from here on out. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they thought that through. <laughs> or what?
0: I, I mean, was he supposed to wear it as he's trying to disguise himself in the, the Nazi base?
1: No, I mean, it's, but it's just funny to think about, Uh, you know, the the, the next installments of, of indie Series and and how, like, the hat's so important to him. Like, the extra efforts he makes to retrieve the hat in, in scenarios in Temple of Doom, in Last Crusade, in yeah. other things. Yeah. Uh, but in this, in this one the, the first one you know they don't know if there's going to be another one so like they're probably not that worried about it but yeah. but it is just funny to know like fedora gone jacket gone like he doesn't he doesn't go back into his quote unquote you know uh uh uniform for the for the rest of the mm-hmm. flick like he's disguised as a german soldier and that's how it is the rest of the movie no fedora nothing like very different from indie in other movies yeah you
0: know it's it's the uh, it's the rolling up of the sleeves so to speak
1: yeah but I I enjoy the sequence. I enjoy again. I enjoy the 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 dialogue, the interplay between Jones and and Belloc when they're when they're going back and forth. When Jones has the rocket launcher, and he's gonna yeah. blow up the ark, but he can't blow up the ark because he, he he wants to see too. He wants to know. He wants to understand. Um, yeah. And then you find out uh, you don't fuck with the word of God, right?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh
1: of the <laughs> uh, there's. There's a lot of good lines in the building to this too. Uh, I, I won't I won't uh, uh, horrify our audience with my rendition of them. Um, okay. But there's so much good stuff. Like I lo- and I love how like the German officers are uncomfortable uh, doing a quote unquote Jewish ritual. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much good stuff in the in these final sequences that uh, and you're just like oh I can't wait these- for these fuckers to have their faces melted. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens, my friend. But Indy realizes you don't look at the face of God. Right. And that's what these Nazis have decided to do. And uh, it gets them in the end, my friend, it gets them in the end. What did you think of that whole sequence? How's that, how's that play for you? Like, like I know when we were kids. I think we were a little confused at first, but eventually we figured it out. Like, like, Oh, it's the power of God. You, you know, it's not for, for man's eye, mortal eyes to see.
0: Well, I think it's that. And it's also, um, when the power the kind of lightning that that first comes out of the uh out of the arc it takes out all of the lights and uh and like the the, the generator yeah. i think that's operating yeah. the lights um so i think that's that's kind of like another clue for indie and for the audience as well uh, that that this is not something that is uh meant to be seen um and I but I, I think the sequence is is great. I love the um, I love the special effects of the spirits that, that come out of the arc and uh, you know, Tote's face melting is seared into my brain.
1: <laughs> Again, another, I love another it. yeah, just another moment from of a film full of moments. Like that, where you're like you can't unsee what you just saw. <laughs> where, yeah, I mean that, that like defined the face melting for a really long time. <laughs> yeah,
0: and 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 Belloc's head straight up explodes. <laughs>
1: it just Straight up explodes. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, him kind of becoming like this vessel that's like shooting the lightning beams out of his eyes and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's a really wild, great sequence. Uh, it sort of calls back to what Indy says. Uh, in 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 you know before he before he leaves uh, his home and he's talking to Brody about how he doesn't believe in superstitious mumbo jumbo, and then right. that's exactly what's what's happening to him right here.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, it's it it's a great callback again. Like we said before, the, the script is tight, it's lean. It the things that sets up at the beginning come into play at the end or in the middle, depending on you know on on where they want to connect those dots. Uh, but it but it's all right there. I mean, it's it's one of the best screenplays I think is ever written. You know, you you can mm-hmm. you, you can critique the the submarine thing. I I understand. I mean, I, yeah, they 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 did write a sequence in to explain it. They just yeah, they, they did yeah. You know, so I mean, you know, whatever. I, I this is why Kasdan is Lawrence Kasdan. I mean, this and and Empire and you know all the things. Kasdan, he's a guy. Wider. We're not gonna talk about wider, but if you want to to, <laughs> if you want to talk about Silverado, we can talk about Silverado all day long because I love that I've, fucking movie. I've
0: not seen Silverado. What? Yeah, to this day I've not gotten around
1: to checking out Silverado. Silverado is a fucking gem. <laughs> I know you love it. Kevin so. Klein, Kevin Costner, Danny Glover. Come on. So good. It's too many, too many Kevins. <laughs> That's what I say in life. <laughs> all right, all right, whatever. <laughs> uh, and okay, so Basically, like, Indian Marian last people standing, all the Nazis are dead, they're gone, they're, their bodies and spirits are all sucked up and blown back into the Ark, the whole thing. Well, let me
0: ask you about that. Yeah. The, well, I mean, I, all of the Nazis that were there at the opening of the Ark, you know, I don't, I don't feel like that's the entire island's worth of Nazis, no, so, probably not. No. So, do you think those spirits went around and melted the faces of every other Nazi on the island? Like I, like I, I would have liked to have seen, you know, the uh, like if that's the case. I would like to have seen a little bit of that because it does the the way it is. It, it does leave the question in your mind of like, well, how do like. Still, there's other Nazis. So how do how do Indian Marion get off the island with the ark?
1: That was a valid question.
0: Well, uh, apparently, my my understanding is is that uh, at least in the original screenplay, they there was a little action sequence after that, and they they got out through a uh, a crazy mine car chase. What? Yeah, I, I read that. I don't know a hundred percent if it's true, but apparently that was something that was at least in one of the iterations of, of of the screenplay.
1: Huh. That's interesting. I mean, I've 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 read theories. I don't know if I've read anything that was like concrete. You know that the one of the theories I read that was that like he got back to the base and radio for Katanga to come and get him. But uh, okay, I, you yeah, know, that makes again, sense. I have no idea. You know, we just we just assume they get away. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, but they, I mean to your point, like no, I don't think it killed every Nazi on the island. I think it killed the ones that you know had the audacity to look at the power of God, right? Or the face of God, or however you want to like term you know, term it, term it. I suppose. Yeah. So yeah, I'm assuming there's still Nazis in that base, <laughs> or you know, I guess they they you know perhaps they just stole a, a German boat and they they went to you know. If, they, yeah. if, if it was Crete like it looked like on the map maybe they just went up to like Greece or somewhere and was like hey let's call, let's call for help
0: yeah yeah
1: but regardless of how they actually did it I mean, next week when we catch up with our heroes some time has passed they are in Washington D.C. they are trying to figure out you know the Ark has been turned over to the government we have, we find that it's being taken care of by top men Mark top men yep an old man in a warehouse and a giant warehouse full of boxes yep I really
0: like not that I not mean. Area 51
1: well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> hmm.
1: what do you think of the ending of the movie?
0: I mean, it's classic. I love, um, you know, I, I love kind of the, the realization that, you know, Indy and, and, and Marcus have that, you know, the U.S. military is going to do with this thing what they will. It was never going to go into a museum uh their frustration with that as indy says bureaucratic fools yeah uh we get a nice little moment between indy and marion where they're gonna you know they're gonna have a drink and so we kind of you know we can imagine what happens from there between those two characters and and yeah and then we get the um you know we get the old man wheeling the the crate carrying the ark into the the massive warehouse and yeah i think it's a, a perfect ending
1: it's yeah, it's really great. I'm I'm a big fan of it. I still enjoy it to this day. I uh, I always speculate it's like, "Ooh, what else other cool shit they got in that warehouse, you know?" Yeah. And you know, I'm not going to talk about what maybe was in there in the uh, this alleged Fourth Indiana Jones movie that we won't talk about.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that's Indiana Jones and in the uh, really that's just uh, that's Raiders of the Lost Ark. I know it's been kind of rebranded as Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, but uh that is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep. Right here on his 40th freaking anniversary, which I still can't believe. It still blows my mind that it's 40 years since this came out.
0: Yeah, we, it's crazy.
1: We are, uh, we are and not that we didn't know this already, but we're old, Mark. We're really, really old.
0: I don't think of myself that way, but okay.
1: <laughs> I don't either, but then I see things like this, and I'm like, oh, maybe I am.
0: Just a number.
1: <laughs> I, I, well, I'll say it again. This is the movie I watch constantly. I love this movie, it, it is such a part of me. My childhood, my adolescence, my adulthood—I uh, love it to death. I think it, uh, to me, it's one of the movies I consider basically perfect. And and again, like I, I understand where you could nit, pick the nits, I get it. But but you know, just like just like Alien, just like Die Hard, like this is one of those movies. Like I am so happy when I watch this movie. Uh, I uh, to me, it, it's is just mwah, perfect. Yeah. So much fun. Agreed. Any (laughs) any closing thoughts? Oh,
0: not really. I mean, I I think we kind of we kind of covered it all. I mean, you know, with uh, with the exception of kind of the the few, as you like to say, nits that I picked. uh, I think it is it is very close to a perfect movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's fair. And as we sort of tease, I, I did want to mention or, or talk to you a little, just a little bit about uh, some of the some of the movies that are uh, that have, have tried to, uh, you know, some were outright, outright rip, ripoffs, uh, but some movies were, you know, in, in games and things that were very much inspired by. What were some of your favorite movies that are that are sort of uh, Indiana Jones esque? You know, we we you, you talked about National Treasure, and we got Tomb Raiders, obviously the games and the movies, and Uncharted. And I think there's even like a Chuck Norris movie that was kind of Indiana Jones ish, with like Chuck and really? Lewis. Go- I think it was Chuck Norris and Lewis Gossett Jr. It was like Firewalker or some shit. You remember that one?
0: I, that sounds familiar, but I I haven't seen it. I'm not that familiar with uh, Chuck Norris's body of work. Well, and then
1: um, uh, then they they brought back they tried to bring back those Alan Quartermain uh, movies. I, th- with, I I want to say it, yeah. was, it was like Richard Chamberlain or something, right?
0: Yes, it was Richard Chamberlain and uh they were pretty bad.
1: They were pretty bad. Uh, yeah. but, but, but what uh, are, what are some of your favorites of the of the the Indiana Jones inspired or you know ho- hopefully not ripping off of Well,
0: honestly, I I don't I don't really know if I have any. Like I mean, I I do think the National Treasure films are are fun. Um, you know, but they're, you know, they certainly aren't like favorites of mine, but you know, they're, they're an okay watch. Um, but other than that, I, I struggled to think of anything. I, I didn't see the last Tomb Raider film. I was never a fan of the games. The, the first two movies with Angelina Jolie are, are pretty laughable. Um, you know, I I think I I what I said earlier kind of stands, which is you know I just I just think of the Goonies kind of treasure hunting, and that's uh that's about it.
1: Yeah, that's complete. I think that's completely fair. And again, Spielberg's hands are all over the Goonies, and I love that movie too. So there's nothing yeah. wrong- there's nothing wrong with that. Um, much like you, I I didn't care for the first two Tomb Raider movies with with Angelina. I liked the I like the first couple games. I I did lose track of them eventually. Um. Yeah. Uh, but then they kind of rebooted the series on on Xbox and stuff like that. So I, I, I do like those versions of the game. They've been okay. a lot of fun. I did like the, uh, I think it was, a, what what was the actor's name? Uh, Alicia Vikander, Vikin, Vikander? Vikander? Vikander, yeah,
0: she's good. Yeah,
1: yeah I thought she was, I, d- I did like her Tomb Raider movie. Um, okay. I don't know if they're going to do more with it. I, though it, it's not very Indiana jones I'm not going to lie. It, it's it, But it's just a kind of a good action movie.
0: I mean, it just looked like Tomb Raider begins.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of, sort of. Uh, I, I, you know, I do sort of enjoy the first National Treasure movie. I'm not gonna lie. The second one's not great, but
0: it's not great, but it's got some enjoyable
1: right aspects I, I to do, it. I do, I do like the puzzling out of things, and and you know, it's, it's yeah, they're interesting enough. They're 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 sort of like disposable entertainment, you know. Like, yeah, they're fine. Uh, yeah. I did, I did like the Uncharted video games. I am hopeful that the movies will be good, but we'll see. Um and yeah and those those Alan Quarterman's were terrible and
0: uh Oh wait a minute aren't you a fan of um you're a fan of, like Dan Brown right
1: Oh I don't know I, yeah I am I mean and, and I say that knowing full well that like he's not a great like you know it's not literature. Author. It's not great literature yeah. that I'm reading when I read a Dan Brown novel. I don't wanna... Yeah, but
0: I mean, I guess that's kind of similar in that you know you have the the character kind of puzzling out things. I didn't like. I thought Da Vinci Code was an okay movie. Uh, I didn't. I didn't like the second one though.
1: Um, no, I like those fine. I don't know if I can consider them Indiana Jones just because I don't like, uh, like uh, uh, the the character Langdon is not uh, like action oriented enough. Like he's really good at, sure. at solving puzzles. Uh, but he's—he's okay. not—he's yeah. also not gonna like have a bullwhip on his side any anytime soon.
0: Mm, well, maybe, maybe Dan Brown will hear your thoughts and, and <laughs> add that.
1: No, I—I I like those in a sense, uh, for sure. But I, I don't consider them the, the same vein. I guess—I guess is where I'm going with that.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's—I, those are like the the obvious influences. I think, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, that's that's all I've got.
1: Yeah, but it, it I think at a certain point people realize it's like, everyone knows we're ripping off Indiana Jones. <laughs> so Right. Um and I know, you know, we have talked about it on the podcast. We we've been doing the the casting updates and any news that comes out about Indiana Jones 5. Uh, Mark, where do you land on Indiana Jones 5? Are you yay or nay on Indiana Jones 5?
0: Stop, please stop. <laughs> please. It was it was too much. It was too much when you did 4. Like Harrison
1: Ford is what eighty years old? What do you no? Just no. Just stop. It reminds me of that uh, that that joke on The Simpsons. Remember they did like the they had like the commercial for Star Trek Nine or whatever, and it's like yes. so very very tired. Yes. <laughs> like I like I felt that way when I saw Part Four. Like
0: I, I I saw an old man punching like thirty year olds and knocking them like ten feet back, and I was just like, this is not. This is not good. So you know, like I, I can only imagine what like what a mess this is going to be. Uh yeah, I'm 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 not for it.
1: No, I listen, I, I'm not I don't necessarily disagree with you on that. I, I'm I'm just I, I guess I just cling to the hope that James Mangold and the, the, the people he's assembled around him can 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 pull something off to sort of redeem the the series after the last entry. Which uh, we we won't talk about much. Yeah, I mean, look, it, you know, look,
0: there's always hope, and and yeah, you know, maybe maybe they'll they will make a good movie. You know, it, my understanding is that you know he's indie will be more of the kind of father Sean Connery character, like oh, you know, okay, all right, so yeah, we'll 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 see what they do. Yeah, well, I just don't have much, if any, if it, it, much. And certainly not High Hopes.
1: Well, and uh, I am a sucker for Baz Mickelson, so, uh, yeah, I'll watch it just for him. Oh, I did not hear he was in it. Oh, castle. yeah. We don't know in ro- role. Right. I mean, the assumption is, since it's an American movie, he'll probably be the bad guy. But, <laughs> but you know, you never know. <laughs> yeah. I would like it if he was Indy's ally. But we'll see if they decide to, like, uh, you know, up that apple cart.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Have they said anything plot-wise? Is it no, gonna be... nothing, nothing. We don't know you know what kind of adventure he's going on what kind of artifacts he's looking for we don't know anything we don't know the, right. we don't even know the time period we don't even know like what the what the setting's going to be yeah cuz it seems
0: like any time they uh, for you know I love Temple of Doom but I know kind of critically it's I don't want to say maligned but it's more heavily criticized than the other two of the first three and it seemed like after they made that one they kind of Went back to the well on well. Let's just have him fight some more Nazis. So after the the uh, you know the the big swing and a miss that was Indy 4, are they just going to go back to the well and have him fighting Nazis?
1: I don't know how you can. I mean, Harrison Ford is like you said, he's 80 years old for God's sakes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I feel like you have to advance the storyline and put it like. In, I think the last one was in the 50s. I think you got to put it in the 60s, right?
0: I uh, look. I would think so, but you yeah. know. So who's he we'll fighting see. in
1: the sixties? A bunch of like angry hippies?
0: Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> I, I might be, I might be able to get behind that movie.
1: Militant hippies, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> they're a contradiction, folks, but they're menacing. That's all that matters. Oh man. Well, hey, who knows? We'll, we'll talk about that soon. Hopefully, I'll have you come back on and we can talk about Temple of Doom because I love Temple of Doom. I am a big, big fan of Temple of Doom. And, I am uh, a massive fan of Temple. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't. Again, I'm not going to say it, it, it is not better than Raiders of the Lost Ark, but much like you said, it is undeservedly maligned uh, because I think Temple of Doom is fucking excellent. <laughs> it's such a good time, and it's dark, and it's awesome. And we'll talk about that because I have a whole thing already about, you know, when the movie was filmed and the, and the whole thing with cults and and I got a whole thing. Don't worry.
0: Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I'll be interested in hearing that. And um, you know what, I I think. I'm just gonna say might, but I think it might be better than Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ooh, big talk. Yeah, big talk. I said it.
1: <laughs>
0: Ooh. I mean, Mol- <laughs>
1: Molaram Ram is pretty badass. I'm not gonna lie. Molaram
0: is awesome, <laughs> and the the weird the the weird like rumors around that guy make it even more interesting.
1: Uh, you know. I- Yes, but since the advent of the internet, I've been able to debunk most of those rumors. <laughs> so, Damn it! <laughs> I, know, I know I was a, I was a big fan of that, that those rumors too, but uh, I was I, I you know just go on IMDb and you're like, oh no, he's just a guy. <laughs> Damn. I know the internet ruins everything. I I get it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get the heck out of here. We've gone two hours already, but I think we've killed it.
0: <laughs> I hope so.
1: And hopefully in the good way, not, not not like people are are dead because they're tired of listening to us.
0: Right. But in the the way Indiana
1: Jones kills people. <laughs> yes, maliciously <laughs> and in the name of, of in the name of of the good guys. That's right. <laughs> that belongs in a museum, Mark. So do you. So do you. There it is. Let's get out of here. <laughs> oh, thanks man. I'll talk to you later. See ya. Bye. Right back to God. All your life has been spent in pursuit of archeological relics. Inside the Ark are treasures beyond your wildest aspirations. You want to see it open as well as I.
0: Indiana, we are simply passing through history.
1: This, this is history. Wow, that was a long one, folks. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little sorry. <laughs> that we went way over over our uh, usual time uh, for this episode. But we had so much fun talking about Indiana Jones, and there's so much interesting stuff to talk about, and all the various aspects of the film and the way it all kind of comes together. Again, I, I, I consider this movie to be basically perfect. I mean, it's it's this wonderful combination of a great director, a great script, a great story, a great cast and crew and the music and the sound, like, everything just comes together so well. It's so, it's just a perfect movie-watching experience for 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 anyone, really. You know, we, we mentioned some of the nits that could be picked if you wanted to. I choose not to pick those nits because I love watching this movie. It is, it makes me so happy to watch this movie. It's like watching Star Wars. Uh, but again, because it's not science fiction, it sort of, I don't want to say it has, like, this feel of realism to it, a reality. But Indiana Jones is just like the ultimate relatable character. Like you just feel like you, like you you know you would be that person to do the right thing to 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 make the world safe for safe from Nazis and their their obsession with the occult and that that you you're like I could do that for the I could do that for the world I could do that for America. So I just enjoyed this movie. So talking about it for two hours with with somebody who. Um, not only feels much the same way, but uh, is is has a very gifted eye towards towards the screen and and the, and the way, uh, you know, a unique perspective on how a director looks at things and, and thinks that my brother provides for us. Uh, so that was a really nice conversation to have there, and I hope you all enjoyed it too. I mean, we talked about it. It is the 40th anniversary of Raiders of the Lost Ark this year, which is again to me, <laughs> I can't believe it. I I can't believe it. So I hope you all had a great time listening to this. It's been a lot of fun. And we'll be back talking about more Indiana Jones. You know, we're covering the fifth movie. You know, once the news comes out, we talk about it on the, on the podcast. Uh, but this is a great way to kind of kick off talking about some of the other movies. Like, I, like We're definitely going to do Temple of Doom. We're definitely going to do Last Crusade at some point. I'm a big Temple of Doom fan. I'm, big, I'm a big Last Crusade fan too. But I, I think Temple of Doom is often overlooked for how good it is. And uh, I will be happy to come on here and do a podcast and and point out all the reasons why I think Temple of Doom is awesome and deserves uh, more attention and more love than it gets. All right, but let's get out of here. Again, it's been a long show. My name is Tom. This is the TomCast Podcast. Thank you so much for sticking with us today. appreciate it so, so much. Be sure to follow us on the social media at TomCastPopcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show TomCastPopcast at gmail.com if you're listening on Apple Podcast. Give us a five-star review. They are so, so helpful in in helping uh, uh, defeat the Nazis. (laughs) The Nazis that exist in keeping this podcast down. So give us those five-star reviews. And we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Pandora, Amazon Audible, and so many, many more, including our host website, Transistor FM. Check them out, please. A lot of great podcasts available on the Transistor family that we're very proud to be a part of. Alright, thank you, and thank you so much to the official members of Pophead Nation, which you can join at patreon.com forward slash TomcastPopcast. Without the official members, this show would be dust. And and uh like the dust in the Ark of the Covenant. How about that? Like sands through the hourglass. These are the days of our lives. Thank you to our current patrons, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail, co-host of the Ring and Area Fantastic Music Podcast. Check that out. Thank you to the evil circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squid Master General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Holly Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company right here in San Diego, and the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Thanks for listening. We're going to be back with another episode so very, very soon. We got big plans coming up all summer long for you all. Thanks for sticking with us. And if you haven't had a chance, if you haven't watched Raiders of the Lost Ark in a while and you listened to this episode, I hope we have lit a fire. Go check it out. It's on Paramount Plus if you have access to that right now. Uh, you can also find it on the Paramount Network. It's playing like basically every weekend on there just with commercials. Or, you know, do what I do. Make sure you have that, that permanent Blu-ray DVD copy laying around that you just throw in whenever you want. Or, you know, Amazon Prime, I guess, works too. All right, let's get out of here. My name is Tom. This is the TomCast podcast. Thank you so much. Ciao, babes. When did they find the map room? Three days ago. They have not one brain among them. Except one. He's very clever. He's a French archaeologist. What's his name? Oh, we call him Baloch. Baloch. <laughs> Belloc We're not going to be fucking sunk this year! <laughs> We're Stanley Cup champions! Yeah!